Thanks for downloading this Brum Radio podcast. For more programmes, visit brumradio.com. Hello and welcome to the Geeky Brummy podcast of show 100. Hello, Guy. Do you know what? After 100 episodes, I thought you may have changed the opening when doing that Bella Lugosi routine that you do every week. It's my amazing, lovely, deep voice. For the next 100 episodes. I want voice acting. People employ me for voice acting. If you have any productions... Shout out, give us a reach out, Ryan at geekybrummy.com. The only person who's employed you for voice acting is Kirk. Uh, no, yes. I actually, I employed him once. Oh, you did actually? Once. Yes. yes. I'm getting a bit of a portfolio together. That's, uh, that's, <laughs> that's twice you've been employed now. <laughs> Chipping in there with the uh, the baby tones of uh, Callum Danes back Hello. in the studio. Hello. Finally Welcome back, back Callum. Finally back, yeah. And we have the dulcet tones of the, the beautiful. amazing, beautiful, sexy, sensual, gorgeous. Mr. Keith Bloomfield. Oh, an eighty. <laughs> <laughs> Keith, this means that you've been in my life for near for a hundred weeks now, and I couldn't be happier. That's close to two years. Ninety-nine weeks. Me and Keith have been at yes, it. At it. <laughs> I feel like, I feel like we, we were fridge. we were strangers when we first our eyes met across strangers the downstairs the studio. <laughs> our eyes met across the downstairs studio. Keith Yo. came to talk about comics. You locked eyes from across the room. Yes. And like Royston Vasey, he never left. This needs to stop because I'm, I'm getting wood. <laughs> so what have we been up to this week? Callan, it's been a while since we've been in the studio. you want to recap what you've been up to? Um, Drinking, getting ill, editing about it, doing a lot of stuff for Geeky Brummy behind the scenes. Being a student, basically. He's doing yeah. this dance sort of stretch. Oh, no, it's because I've got a bad back. back. I've got a really bad back. How do you, how do you I'm so old. <laughs> I know, yeah. You're barely even 12 years old. How have you got a bad back? <laughs> I don't know. I just woke up the other morning. You know, like, when you don't, when you sleep in a weird position and then you get, like, a really bad back. Well, you sleep in a fetal position because you are a fetus, so... <laughs> is, it, is it... I have not extended the crib yet. That's where it is. <laughs> I have put the side down. sticking out. <laughs> I think it's the touchscreen hunch. <laughs> Have you got one of those extending bed or is it still the race car? (laughs) I actually wanted a race car bed. I've said this for years. Can someone make a race car bed in a like an adult size? Because I I genuinely would want one of those. How much would you pay for that item? I don't know, I don't know how much beds are. I've never bought a bed. I've never bought Basic a life experiences with calendars. But you know what, come to think of it, I've never bought a bed. I inherited a bed frame and then I had to buy a mattress. So a mattress cost a fortune, man. That is not so you I've never bought a mattress either. That's, well, that's because you probably, haven't come around the nine-year turnaround cycle yet. And that's probably why you've got a bad back, mate. <laughs> so what, how, how, how did you achieve the bad back then? So you slept in a weird position. I don't position. know. I just like slept in a weird position and it's like... At the top bit, you know where the shoulders are. I don't know what it's called. Your like... neck. <laughs> no. Knees <laughs> and toes. Knees like... and toes. <laughs> Just like underneath the shoulders, in that sort of like area. I don't know. But anyway, the bit between your shoulder blades. I'm getting old. I'm getting old. This has always left his wheelchair outside the studio. I wonder why he's coming in and out today. <laughs> He's going to have a soggy seat when he gets back out. Yeah, next time we see him, he's going to be in a wheelchair. He's going to have a helper there. He's going to like be blind, like wearing glasses like he's blind. Every ailment of the sun is gone. Oh, guys, install- I'm just falling apart. We're going to have to install a stair lift up to the studio. <laughs> I'm just getting old, guys. I'm just getting old. I'll start getting in for ACM just so Callum can get up the stairs. <laughs> 
But you did, you did cycle here despite your bad back. How do you feel that when you get out of the studio today, you're going to potentially have a wet, snowy ass? I hate it. Literally, this morning I came out. It's completely soaked. I hate it. It's cold. I have like these fingerless gloves, and I didn't realize how cold it was going to be. And like my fingers froze, and I'm like almost dropped off. My heart beats for you. I hate it. How I walked across the city centre in the howling rain. So you had with loads of stuff. You had an umbrella. My, my my beautiful fleece is soaked. My beautiful fleecy coat is soaked. How are you going to combat the wet rectum situation? I'm so not. I'm just going to complain about it. So you're going to go home, and then you're just going to absorb a lot of water on your bum cheeks, and then shower. Why? Why didn't you put carrier bag over the seat? Because I didn't think about it. I hadn't <laughs> thought about that. I have a carrier bag for life. I paid ten p for here. Once I've consumed the food that's in the bag for life, I am happy to donate the ten p bag to you. Like like uh, an adult, cost of five p. Like so an, you can like an adult. I bought a packet of tissues so you can have a couple of the tissues so you can wipe your seat. Oh no! I just use my sleeve for that. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah. I use the coat sleeve. Use the coat sleeve. So you're gonna have a that? You have a dry bum but a wet arm. No, because it's a. Coat, so it's designed. I'll give not you a to... couple of tissues, and they can wipe your seat down. We'll make sure. <laughs> we'll make sure that you have a dry ride home. It sounds like some lost Charles Dickens novel. <laughs> <laughs> Poor expectations with calendars. That's a white seat in the bicycle with the arm. I need to get one of those like. You know how they do, like, car covers that go over your car? Oh, my God. <laughs> I need to get one of those that just goes over my bike so that my handles stay nice and dry. Okay, and so what... Stays nice and, dry. and how are you going to cycle with that? Put it in a... Fold it up and put it in the... Oh, wait. Yeah. I was going to say fold it up and put it in the bag. So the soaking... Just, the top and just, wear <laughs> just like a giant poncho. <laughs> What's the point of keeping your bicycle dry when you're not riding it when you get wet while you're riding it? <laughs> These are the problems the cyclist faces. Get a car. That's why you're all so angry. It is. Get a bus pass, Callum. You're a student. They do discounts. I know, but I don't understand the bus route. Are you... <laughs> it goes down a road. It's not like they go cross-country buses. I have saying got... that Travel West Midlands buses could possibly go in the t- in the time I've been in Bur- in like the year and a half I've been in Birmingham. I've got like two buses. You know, you can get That's things it. called maps. From the travel shop I mean, and like route di- route diagrams. I know, but all right, a cy- a cycling, despite physical energy, is free. Right, you know, Whereas, you know like, when buses... you cycle into town and the bus overtakes you and the bus has a number written on. It never well, overtakes write that down. Down. I was going to say, I don't think the bus is a number. The bus overtake. never overtakes. Given what me. I know from Keith, <laughs> this still makes no sense because how does he cycle? Does he just cycle by line of sight? If I can see it, I can cycle through. <laughs> Literally. Just I got an to... image of like, him going through the middle of Gap in town. I, just had, to, I had to... I had Don't to, mind me. I had to buy a phone holder for my bike just so that I could use the navigation app because I'm like, I have no idea where I'm going unless it's in my line of sight. Can't say. It's just what happens nowadays. You come out with no like locational <laughs> skills. We might just need to like tie a pigeon to Callan, <laughs> just so it knows how to fly him home. Like he walks out of a piece of paper, he's got an A written on the top of it, a B at the bottom of the line, just drawn straight down the middle. I need to get here. <laughs> what would you do without electronic devices for a week? I'd actually be okay with maps. I think and I a, big a, a big A to Z. I think so because I did used to. I did used to be a scout. So I did get taught to read maps, so I should still be able to do it. 
Have you still got Although, your own tearing badge, have you? Probably somewhere. <laughs> Although I'm used to be, I'm used to knowing that the uh, where I am in relation to water. Because from what where I lived, me? Water... <laughs> no, 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 no. We like... got Buster Bluth in the studio. <laughs> like the beach was always southeast because I lived on the southeast coast. But now there's no, there's no beach around. There's here. canals. You can still navigate by water. I don't know how to navigate peaceful that way. Doesn't that whole thing create a problem in Britain? Because there's basically a beach in every direction. Yes. <laughs> Will you be alright today, Callum? Because there's water falling from the sky, so just follow that. You'll start lifting his bike up by the back tyre, like, how do I go up? <laughs> <laughs> like, if I go up, I'm going home. I'll do the E.T. thing. Fly over the moon. Right, as you're back in, have you started looking for digs for year three yet? Uh, I'm staying in the same place. Stay in the same place? Yeah. Because you couldn't find his way to another place. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I just can't be bothered. It's like, then I've got to learn a whole new area. I've got to learn a whole new way of getting around. It's just like, <laughs> stay in the same place. Don't have to move. Easy. Simple. Problem that, solved. That makes sounds all right. I'd probably be in that boat, yeah. Yeah. It's a good idea. Yeah. Some point moving if you're satisfied. I'm so, I'm so annoyed, though. They put up my rent. Put up my rent by like £10 a week. Oh, my God, mate. Oh, no. I know. It's Get used to it. It's part of being an adult. Pay your rent. It's a travesty. Wait till you have a mortgage. You know what mortgage stands for? Till you die. That's that's four Jager bombs <laughs> on a Wednesday night. He's not going to be able to afford now. Ten student night. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, Keith, what have you been up to? I took a trip to the Warner Brothers Studio tour. Ooh. Ooh. Harry Potter. Harry, Harry Potter. <laughs> Was talking about this at work. Wow. Is this Cockney oh, spin? Is the Cockney spin-off? Yes. Was talking about this at work today, and I I heard some shocking news about the butterbeer, which was basically it's just a glass of coke with some ice cream thrown in it. It's not fine. It's a, it's like Iron Brew with the cream on the top, mm. but it's quite nice. I had a, I had a glass. It was very nice. It was like a old school Coke float type thing. Well, it's, it's supposed to be warming in the books though. Yeah, it's nice. Though. It's alright. Yeah. Souvenir cup. Was there any annoyances at Harry Potter World? Any any particular sod that annoyed you? Because you always get this when you go to like a bigger tourist attraction. There's always that one sod who just won't move, or is in your way, or just there hasn't they have no agenda. It's usually called Guy. <laughs> guy did join me. No, because of the way they do it, um, they kind of stagger the tours, so there's never masses of people in there. Um, so it's got, got free free flowing. I mean, I could have spent a lot longer in there, literally in the whole place for like about three hours. Was Maddie and the kids like, come on, come on, Dad? No, actually, actually, everybody took. There was so much to see and so much to kind of like, you know, kind of look at, and and it it was just a really, really good tour. Not only just because of it being about Harry Potter, but the focus on the fact that it was um, all about filmmaking and the creativity that goes behind filmmaking. So all the props, all the special effects, all the artwork, costumes, uh, all the rest of it. It's um, it was a really good talk. I thoroughly enjoyed it, and I go back in a heartbeat. Was there a J.K. Rowling in the corner tweeting? Not that I noticed. I'm, sur- I'm surprised they didn't have an animatronic model of that. Animatronic J.K. Yeah, that would have been quite good. But what was your favourite part of the tour? Uh, <laughs> I'm just watching Callan having technical difficulties. <laughs> I told you about playing with that whoopee cushion in the studio, Callan. <laughs> So you, have, you don't have technical difficulties when it comes to magic? No. What house were you? I did the... I've done... Uh, you, I, I, I'm a Hufflepuff, yeah. I did the whole Pottermore um, 
thing but about getting sorted into your houses. We Find talked out what about this a couple of weeks ago with Nate when we was playing the Who Are You game. Oh, did we? Yes. So, what's everyone else's Potter house then? Slytherin. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know, but I would strongly guess that I'm probably Voldemort, so I'd, buy well, I'd guess you'd be Slytherin as well. See, the thing is, Slytherin's not actually a bad house. No, it's not. It just so happens that all the dark wizards come from Slytherin. Well, no, Ravenclaw. Yeah. Obviously, the, the, the sorting hat had had one too many the night yes. before when that sorting got happened. Yes. Got happened. What's that? What happened? New... <laughs> it got happened. <laughs> and actually, the hero of the Harry Potter universe is yes. not Harry Potter. It's Neville Longbottom. It's Neville Longbottom. True enough. Yes. True enough. Oh yeah. yeah. And he was a was he a Hufflepuff? Or no, was he, he, was Hufflepuff. Hufflepuff. he should have oh, been yeah, a Hufflepuff. Hufflepuff. No, he was. Um, he was Gryffindor. He was Gryffindor. Just. Yes. Yeah. I mean, Snape... but Harry Potter himself could have gone into Slytherin. Yeah, he could have. Yeah, but he didn't want to. Snape yeah. was Slytherin. You yeah. pick your own in any way. Goes by what you want. I quite like being a Hufflepuff, though, because it means we've got a, we've got, we've got a badass badger. That shouldn't have been as funny as it was. We've got a badass badger as our kind of mascot. A honey like, badger. Yeah. I feel like Hufflepuffs are just sort of like hipsters. Huggy puffs. What's a huggy puff? <laughs> Hufflepuffs. The only disadvantage about being a Hufflepuff is it's yellow. And I can't get away with the yellow look. No. Really. It doesn't, doesn't, go, it doesn't go with my uh, pale complexion. I love your pale complexion. I just look like a light bulb. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I think I can pull off green. I think I yeah, can pull can off green it. as well. Yeah. I don't think we all can pull off green, really. It's an easy colour to pull off. Mate, I'm wearing green right now. No, you're not. No, you're not. That's green. It's blue. It's blue. I'm colour blind. <laughs> up my don't house. make statements about colour when you know you can't talk about colour. It looks green to me. <laughs> What colour blindness are you? Mate, I can't see anything. Like at work, they keep showing me things. It's called an Ishihara test, and that's like you know the coloured dots and stuff like that. Oh, they're basically just showing you like penises. Uh, yeah. Colours. Oh, I'd see that for sure. So, uh, wait, <laughs> so are you actually completely colour blind? Yeah, I can't see the numbers in these things at all. So, what colour is my top? Well, I think it's blue. Okay, fair enough. It's not that colour blind. I, I, I well, how do you perceive it though? You know, I might think that you will have red faces. You don't know. <laughs> no, because we're not alcoholics. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just wondering if I if I wear the right colour, will I disappear completely from guys' kind of um, visual? Can we get us to can we get ourselves to blend in with the wall behind us so that you can't even like see? Like the Assassin's Guild from this world. <laughs> Oh, what was what was it? Toys that movie with Robin Williams and his brother, the camouflage. Uh, LL Cool J. Yeah. 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 That, how how was that a thing? What that film? I love yeah, that like, film. Why is that a thing? That film. That film was really dark for that a Disney film. Is film. A great, great movie that people yeah. should go and watch instantly. No. Do you have any trouble when you buy kind of like limited edition coloured vinyls? And it says on the outside, red, and you get it home, and it's like you go, "This ain't red. It's blue." <laughs> Ping. Um, Do you take it back to the shop? No, I don't. I don't really like coloured vinyl that much because, I, well, I bought one today. Um, sound quality's not as good. Oh, uh, black vinyl does have slightly better sound quality, but I like coloured vinyl because it's pretty. It is. Mm. And my soundtrack collection is ridiculously expensive for the few records I have. I finally feel like I can join in on this conversation because I finally got a vinyl player. Oh my oh. god! Oh. I remember. I yeah, saw a little dabble of one. I saw it. I saw it. Told you guys this. He nearly destroyed two of my records. But now, is that, is, that how you, is that how you kind of go into the shop and ask for? Is it item? one of those Fisher Price ones where you used to have the plastic? <laughs> I'd like, I'd, hello shopkeeper. I'd like a vinyl player, please. 
Excuse me, I um, would like to play something which plays my 33s and 45s. Yes, I'd also like a magnetic uh, strip player as well. <laughs> so ha- Do you have a reel-to-reel player? <laughs> so what, what have you bought on vinyl so far as a, a beginner? I uh, I Dark, Side the moon. Dark Side of the Moon. I haven't yet bought a vinyl, but I did get bought one bought for me, which was this uh, wonderful country band out of America called Florida Georgia Line. Never heard of them. Wonderful country band. It's great. It's all like... It's not, lovely, I mean, that's romantic. not what I expected him to say, to be honest with you. What were you expecting? Uh, Gardens of the Galaxy soundtrack. I did consider it. I was looking in um, a certain chain retailer of vinyls. You could say HMV. Things. Yeah, I was looking at HMV the other day and I was tempted to, I must be honest. I think Callan needs to go to his local charity shop and come out with records by Burt No, Wendon, because you'll have Val Doonican. <laughs> now you've got everybody's going to have Burt Wheaton, <laughs> James Last, Val Doonican. And uh, Johnny Mathis. Yeah, you've got, you've got uh, you know, all of those classic uh, spy grades. What's those space ones that you always find? Space ones? There's like there's like four or five space discs that are always guaranteed. The album. Oh, Stereo to Studio or something like that? No, it's like the spacey, spacey theme What are you ones. on about? Host the Planets? Not like, not like Yes. Oh, Sky! Yes, yeah, Sky. Yeah, 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 yeah. Get yeah. Sky. Sky's Fair not enough. spacey. They're a bunch of old geezers on guitars. It's true. Yeah. I was thinking. I was thinking at some point. I need to go round to the. I need to go round to all the charity shops just in the area. Oh my and god! Go guys and head over to your... everything out of the... Oh my god! Oh, oh my god! I need to think to the disc without eat him alive. <laughs> you, bet, you better take a wallet. A, a, a is that is, wallet. is that your? Is that the place you showed me before? The place you and Kurt? Yes, we yeah. were DJ set. I was yeah. going to go in there at some point. I wanted to know when you were doing your next DJ set. I'll tell you what. Go in there and ask him some stuff. Go in there. Ask for Liam, say Guy sent you, yeah. and you'll leave with a big stack. Tell you what, you've got an advantage, because when you pop back to your hometown, yeah. you can pick over the charity shops, which Guy hasn't gone not, not already taken all the good <laughs> stuff out. That's true. That's very true. It's like very what true. we did when we went to Jersey, yes. when we went down to uh, Portis. And you bought me a warped copy of Snooker Loopy, which hasn't there. <laughs> which still plays fine. Thank what, you very much. <laughs> we got you those drag records. That's true. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> and we got Baron Knights for Kirk. <laughs> what more could you want? It's a great selection. Yes. So what vinyl are you going to buy? I re- the first one Dark I really want to get. Basic. Which one's that? Every, every record collection in the entire known universe has at least one copy of Dark Side of the Moon. I know Moon. the name. Keith, do not shake your album. head. You will have a copy album, somewhere. It. it will have just appeared. I, I never bought a Pink Floyd record ever in my life. Oh, Yes. Yes, I did want to get some Pink Floyd. Pink it will be there. It will just appear one day. <laughs> Pink Floyd, Electric Light, or- Light Orchestra. Okay. I'm sure Nick, I'm sure like Nick hey. Mason and, and Dave Gilmore just like go around to people's houses at night like a Dark Side of the Moon Santa and just slide it into record. <laughs> <laughs> like a vinyl version of U2. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't want this record, but you're... Well, you're definitely going to have it. I feel so sorry. For Keith that did album. a swear. <laughs> I feel so sorry for that album because I actually really liked it when it came out, and I think I'm the only one. Everyone else just trashed it. What yeah, Dark Side of the Moon? No. What well, Kit Callan when he somehow was born in 1973? I like this record. Everybody trashed prog rock when Pink Floyd first came out, but I was there at the beginning. <laughs> Are you talking about this, this YouTube the record? Album, I don't, I don't yeah. even remember what that was called. I don't either, but it was... Songs of, in- Songs of Innocence. No, it's a new one, isn't it? No, Songs of Experience is a new one. Oh, for God's sake, <laughs> do you want YouTube? Just give it up. It was basically that iTunes promotion of, basically, this is the way to get us to the top of the album charts, because everybody has a copy, regardless. 
I mean, like, why did they feel that you two needed to be forced upon anybody? I don't understand what iTunes got from that. It was it was because of the whole red thing at the time, because I uh, Apple were doing that whole red thing. Oh, the product red. Yeah. Well, they've been yeah. doing it for a while because mm. they'd, they'd had like U2 versions of the iPod special yes. editions, which are quite cool. Um, but the only reason anybody's got Dark of the Moon anyway is just so that it can play alongside the Wizard of Oz. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Tin Man's heartbeat is. at the end. Yeah. Yes. Which is all for. A... I don't know. I, I'm a believer in it. I'm a believer in it. It is a great album. There's some fantastic tracks on there, and you can't say there isn't. Money. Great gig in the sky. Yeah, right. I, 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 I was never a big progster, really. Apparently you know, this has now turned into a music show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, Episode 100, the oh, music special. Vinyl is geeky, thank you very much. See, I'd, I'd take an Iron Maiden over a Pink Floyd any, any day of the week. Oh, no, 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 Pink Floyd. Okay, Callum, we walk, we, so we walk into H&B after the show with you. Okay. What do you buy, record-wise? You buy Kendrick Lamar. Damn. Damn. Good album. I think, yes, just because it would sound... I feel like the ones I, w- I want to go for ones that I listen to him. He's got a record player for a few weeks. He's yes. talking about sound quality or right. audio file. No, <laughs> uh, he'll be getting Jesus because uh, he's of the generation you that can't Jesus. Get Jesus, you have to buy a bootleg. No, I, I was just about to point that out. You can't get Jesus on vinyl because I already looked for it. It'll be reissued at some point. Probably not. I don't know. Kanye wants money. <laughs> he'll just. I know, do but it. it's a bit. It's a bit old at this point, and it's sort of like I don't know. Right. We'll wait, have to wait and see. What three vinyls would you recommend to Callum? Uh, Scary Monsters by David Bowie. Yeah. Cool. Uh, ooh, Sign of the Times by Prince. Good nice. Okay. And I haven't had that. my uh, final pick, I would probably say uh, Nevermind by Nirvana. Yeah. Cool. Guy? Wait, is Nevermind the one with the weird child on the cover? That's just a normal child. Yes, it's the one it's with the baby, baby, the baby floating in, in a, a pool, yes, yeah, 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 with yeah. a note hanging in front of it. Yeah, it's not yes. weird. That's what they look like yes. generally. <laughs> That's what you still look like. I... <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going gonna, gonna to give him one recommendation uh, to buy Schoolgirl Report by Gertwald. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's one of guys. Adult entertainment from the seventies collection. Oh. I'm sorry, you don't recommend it, Emmanuel, as well. Oh, this is a good soundtrack, actually. Very good soundtrack. And to be honest, God of the Galaxy Volume One and yes. Two is worth just having yeah. because it will introduce you to some music that you can go and explore a bit more. Yacht rock. <laughs> what? Yacht rock. Yacht rock. Yeah. Yeah. Hall and Oates greatest hits. I don't think you can get that. That'd be you good. Go to, Hall and Oates. You go to a charity you might I get that. Now 34. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not if I beat him to it. <laughs> Sorry, we need to recap this. How do you not know who Hall & Oates are? I've never heard of them. Like, genu- genu- genuinely, I'm not even joking for the sake of the joke. I don't know who these people are. Oh, I've never heard of them. Here she comes. Watch, Watch out, boy, shoot you, you up. Oh, I know that. <laughs> I've heard that song. They were on the GTA Vice City soundtrack. Mate, he was like two doesn't, when Vice City yeah, came out. Yeah, doesn't mean I know who they are. It's out on Android now. You to be fair, it again. The he one... might have been two guy, but he probably most certainly had a copy of it <laughs> that he bought by himself in a, a game shop. Um, I only found out the other week, and I'm probably going to get judged for this. I didn't realise the song from Fallout 4. You know, I'm a wanderer, I'm a wanderer. I didn't realise that was actually a real song. I thought it was just I thought it was just something someone right. made up for the game. I didn't realise that this was a legit well, song. You know, that would make like... it a real song if someone made a song for a project. <laughs> it would make it a real song, right? 
basically the whole Fallout series, they take music from the 50s and very occasionally the 60s and throw it into the game. Because that's when like their version of humanity stops and they all go into the vaults. Yeah. And it's just basically like this perpetual 1950s machinima weirdness. Ink spots. Go back and listen to the ink spots. They're really good. But what would I know them from? Uh, Fallout soundtrack. Oh, uh, okay. I Fair don't enough. want to set the world on fire. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, they're good. Classic yeah. stuff. Nice. Anyway, what were we doing? Keith, what have you been up to? You may remember from a previous episode, uh, I went to the, the stu- Warner Brothers studio tour, yes. the tour around the Harry Potter thing, and we were saying, I was saying how great it was. It's not just a, an advertisement for the Harry Potter franchise, uh, but just the artistry that goes into making any film. It's, uh, it was really, I really, really enjoyed it. It was fabulous. Were you pottering around at Potterland? <laughs> Uh, yes, I was pottering around in Harry Harry. Yeah, why do we call it Harry Potterland as well? I found myself calling it Harry Potterland. But it's like it's the shouldn't they just call it? Tour. Yeah, shouldn't they just like call it like Potter World? Well, no. the world of Potter. But the, the funny thing is, as well, they've got it across two stages because it's at Leavesden. Yeah. So it's actually a working studio. So as you kind of pull up to the uh, the front of the store, the front of the um, tour. Yeah. In the background, you can see uh, some of the kind of outdoor sets that they've built. So you can mm. see kind of like um, they're using kind of shipping containers to hold stuff up. And you can see all the scaffolding. And I was like, I wanted to go over the fence and have a look at the kind of things that they were building there. <laughs> you, just want to, you just want to get a job there. Oi, <laughs> lad, get down <laughs> off that fence. Um, but they, the, the stages they actually have got the Harry Potter tour in is the Studios J and K, which is kind of quite nice. Oh. Um, it's a it's a punny, but it was, you know, it was brilliant and they kind of they had the night bus there and they had kind of the tribute drive set and the godrick's hollow set and the bridge set and stuff uh but it was all it wasn't kind of like stuff that they'd made post like oh we've got to recreate it it was all the stuff that they'd made they did, did, did a good job of curating uh all of these not sets just flogging content. it off in a block collection like most films yeah. do at the end i mean they made the, you know it was a good idea that they kept all these sets uh together to just get to get people in there and uh, it was it, it was magical, you know. I know it sounds like a pun, but it was it was magical. <laughs> it was really good. Cool. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Right, guy, what have you been up to? Uh, yeah. So, uh, uh, do I need to remind no, you? No, of the no, it's fine. Yeah. It's fine. I remember. <laughs> I remember. So this was yesterday, and I, you know, when you like have a thought, and the the thought is so ridiculous that you think, "Why did I think that?" So I had a subway yesterday. I had a spicy Italian. Um, I got and back a subway. <laughs> I got back to work. I was sat at my desk, and I, I for, for a moment, split second in my head, the thought popped into my head: Are some pigs spicier than others? <laughs> <laughs> and I realised how stupid that was. But for some reason, my head felt it was necessary to think that, like. The spicier meat you eat, the spicier the animal. I wonder if <laughs> if what you feed the pig affects it. Like if you gave a pig well, chilies, it might taste spicier. That is actually proven thing because that's what happens with. So I'm not. I'm not. I'm not a fool there. What what animals eat will come out into the flavour of the meat eventually, but it takes a lot, a lot. What of, if they're eating their own? It's the whole thing around veal. Yeah, because that's kind of milk-fed calves. Yes, but yeah, and wagyu beef, which they get sake fed to them, which yeah. gives them like, alcohol and marble effect. I don't think it works quite as much with vegetables. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, spicy. <laughs> just the whole idea. <laughs> I can just imagine, you know, like a, a 
pig fart. I'm going, oh, oh, spicy <laughs> looking piggy. Just like a pig with like a little mohawk off to the side. <laughs> <laughs> He's definitely a chorizo pig. I mean, I just, I don't know why I thought it was. Get, I, mean, I sat at my desk for like a couple of minutes after thinking, you absolute idiot. Like, why did you think that was sensible? It's like a good job I didn't turn around to one of my colleagues and say, oh, do you know what? Why pig? Uh, why are some pigs spicier than others? You're, but I don't talk to my colleagues, so that's probably why. So. <laughs> You saved yourself some embarrassment. I did. I just felt embarrassed myself. I'm just glad that you felt proud enough to mention it on air. It's like you wouldn't say it to your colleagues because it sounds silly, but then like... No, I didn't say it to my colleagues because I mean I would have to speak to them, so... Ah, oh, fair enough. <laughs> oh. Speaking to people is the worst. Yes, it is. So what was the actual content of your spicy Italian? Um, I had... Yeah, what do you pick? It was pepperoni and salami. Like stacked on, so spiced meat, basically. And, yeah, and then I asked, <laughs> I just said normal cheese, but then she gave me spiced cheese, which I'm fine with. Toasted it. Do you know what I've got a problem with the subway toasting? Because it makes the bread all crusty and then it all crumbles all over you, so you look like you're. And like, they toast eat before properly. they sauce, and then all the sauce just slides around on the toasted yeah. surface. I had a jalapenos on it. I had a bottle of drink. I had a foot long as well. So, so wait, feeling fat. Do you, so, <laughs> so when they say like fruit and so they say like what do you want on it? What sauce do you want? Mm-hmm. What'd you get? Jalapenos and ketchup. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> to really annoy Subway staff, I shouldn't tell you this because you're going to do it anyway, is tell them to do original cut because Subway sandwiches used to be cut V-shaped. V-shaped? Yeah, so they'd take the top off and then you put the ingredients in and put the top back on. Okay. So it's like a kind of hot doggy sandwich. But yeah. like I might hot, say hot, that hot, to hot. them actually. That sounds a lot nicer. I always have a problem with all of these sandwich shops in the way that they... they Design it in such a way that the, the contents are always supposed always falling out of the of the sandwich, yeah. and they use the worst kind of bread, the cheapest, fluffiest, rubbishy bread that just <laughs> oh my falls God. apart. No when matter it, what it is, just give me solid bread. You want honey? You want some, something with a good flat? A flat bread is the worst for that. I hate it because like I love flat bread, but I can't take it or anywhere and eat it because it just falls apart. He's holding his hands up to his mouth right now. <laughs> like, look like he's doing something else. I took the whole fuck long down my throat. He <laughs> was, was carrying some good action. He's going to use that one hand there to grasp something else. Well, a Subway sandwich is guaranteed. That's why to... you've got a bad back, mate. <laughs> a Subway sandwich is guaranteed to drop stuff all over you, though. Because, yes. because they are really badly constructed. Yeah. And they're not artists, unless they're I know, Picasso. yeah. A sandwich artist. I mean, you know I want to get a job as a sandwich artist. No, you're just literally a vendor. <laughs> sandwich artist. What is that about? The worst thing like is... Like a barista. No, that, you just serve coffee. That's going to be on your CV for eternity as well. It's, it's like, normal job, normal job, sandwich artist. Normal job, normal job. How does the sandwich artist thing work anyway? Because... I, I don't partake of the subway often, but <laughs> I see it advertised, and it's always kind of like, or it's always some Bloomfield story. <laughs> it's always some numpty who doesn't know what they want to eat, and they have to choose. So, how are you an artist if the person in front of you is telling you what to put on the sandwich? That's actually a good point. I've never thought about it in that. Surely way. you're an artist. Why somebody comes in and you go, "No, you, you want are, a sandwich? I'll make. I'll make you a sandwich." But if somebody's telling you, that's you're basically a well, painter and decorator. No other fast food place. <laughs> <laughs> Sandwich painter and decorator. Yeah. No other food place gives you the title artist. McDonald's doesn't make you a burger artist. <laughs> KFC doesn't make you a chicken artist, does we it? Should, we should start 
start doing this. Just rename every job to include the word artist. Do you know people that work with food? Do you know what? I think next time I go into a subway and they want to put sauce on instead of like just whack it on. So as you're an artist, could you <laughs> put, put the sauce on in the shape of a willy for me? As I'd like to see some artistry on my. Uh, I'd like my... to. I, I genuinely like to see you go into a subway, ask for the V cut, and then ask for the sauce in a shape. Just be the most guy customer you could be. You like that anyway? I could do that, yeah. I could do that. How's your week been, Ryan Parrish? Pretty quiet. Busy got at work. A substantial afro going on, I guess. Yes, say. my hair is. I've, I've decided to try and grow it out this year. Mm-hmm. 2018 is the year of Ryan's big hair. Big hair, right? What are we going yeah. for? I don't know yet. It's good. It's, I'm waiting for it to drop. My hair seems to just... What, def- what, what are you waiting to drop, sorry? <laughs> My hair just seems to defy gravity. It just expands outwards like a full afro. Isn't Defying Gravity a name of a song from Wicked? And so, a very terrible TV series is one of those things. So who will get the longer hair then? You or Guy? Well, well I think I've got, 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 got a couple of years on him, mate, you know. <laughs> I feel like you should just both shave your hair off, go bald, and then see who grows back quicker. No. Uh, I feel like that would be... I'd have to kill myself. I couldn't do it. <laughs> I it saw is. some pictures of me, like, ages ago, like, with my hair. Like, what, when you look like... What's his name from Supergrass? Yeah, when we went to the um, convention that you took a picture of me in the Game of Thrones. Uh, yes. When you not only like, was oh. I dressed... I was dressed like an idiot for some reason. You still are. My hair looked... Your fashion oh, shirt I'm wearing a, I'm a <laughs> green shirt, mate. Um, my uh, my hair looked appalling. You don't like Gav from Supergrass? Oh, what was I thinking? Well, I did go to a local establishment for some fine food and beverages last night. Of course you did. And we got accused of shorting the bill on the way out. How much these, £10. Pounds. It's these new plastic £10 notes. The waitress couldn't work out that there's like two of them stuck together. So it's like she almost chased us out the oh. as we walk into the door by saying, I think you've under, underpaid us. That's so, like the yeah. bloody cheek, love. So Check I, I, your paid what, I paid what the food was worth. <laughs> <laughs> there wasn't well, enough artistry in the dinner. Well, the other annoying thing was we had to wait 20 minutes for the bill to actually arrive. Whoa. So we, had to, we were stood next to the staircase, staff were coming past, and we were like going, excuse me, excuse me, hello. I don't, get, I don't ever get that in restaurants, because you think they'd want you the to money, just pay and get yeah. out as quick as possible. In that but situation. they dropped the bill down, which was wrong, because we had a 40% off offer. So we had to <laughs> then return the bill to get a, cor- a correct bill. And then another 20 minutes of the bill just sat there oh. with the money with it. And it's like, take the you, cash, you I want to leave. You didn't think about doing a dine and dash? No. Well, it's just like, I, take the money, we want to go home not, now, please. Do you not... I don't know if this is just a southern thing. So do you not know who I am? <laughs> no, but you just sort I of did, leave I the... was half tempted to use that line. <laughs> <laughs> you just leave the money on the bill, and then once you put the money down on the table, you just get up and walk out. Well, no, because... I don't know if this, yeah, I don't know if this is just a down south thing, but most people I know do this. We don't wait around in restaurants. Was there a card payment? Because that's what I hate when no. I go to a restaurant. It's like, always, we paid cash. always take cash because it's like you always got to wait for one one cretin in the group yes. to pay by card. It's kind of like, oh my god, you should have just gone to the cash point before, just lay the cash down and let's go. You have to wait for someone to come back to the card machine, which takes ages. I hate that. It's concept. the person with the calculator that always gets me. Oh, that's me. That's uh, me. I, I, I've only had a water and a slice of bread. Uh, I'm not paying towards any of your meals. That, that's me, mate, because I, 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 I've had to go out with people who have bought, ordered loads of beers 
and tried to charge with the beers. And it's kind of like, mm, hang on a minute, I didn't drink anything. If everybody's here. having roughly the same equal portions, that's fine. But if, oh. as you said, if somebody's like getting loaded on like forty quid a glass shot whiskey, then that, that, only, <laughs> yeah. that only works though if you're going to an Indian or a Chinese. But if you go to an, like, a restaurant like say Prezzo or you know any that don't work. There's no way you can split the bill in like an Italian or anything like that. You know, because the price is a luxury. But in an Indian, everybody wins somehow. I they can guarantee roughly like, the same price. Everybody wins if you go to an Indian. This or is Chinese. a completely alien concept to me. Like, I'm a student. Going we can't, for an we, Indian. <laughs> we can't afford to go out for food. We have takeaway. Coming away. from the man who's probably got delivery like queued up outside He's, of his uh, door. Ian, people are stealing these bags of rice, though, aren't they? So, oh. I actually I bought some more microwavable rice because I decided I can't be bothered to cook rice myself. Do you just live get a off rice, rice cooker? Do you just live yeah, off rice? Yeah, but then I've got to buy rice. I don't know how the <laughs> rice. Co- I don't know. It's just like then I've got something else I've got to you take. You put rice in the rice cooker. You put water it. in the rice cooker. You click the button. It tells you when is it's your, done. Is your like student house like a third world country? Because you just seem to be eating rice, mate, and I'm worried about you. <laughs> That's my diet. I just live off rice. No, I've actually put, literally, I put all of my stuff, I went to the shop, bought all my stuff when I came back, I put all of it in the cupboard, minus the rice, and I keep my rice in my room now, because I'm like, I, nobody can be trusted <laughs> with the rice. <laughs> oh, I've got chocolate bars, biscuits, cakes, and so, you know, I'm not worried about these, <laughs> just my rice, don't touch my goddamn rice! No, but it's like, no Wait, one steals my tea, no one steals my coffee, the things you think people would actually steal, but then it's like, they steal rice. Well, the thing is, with tea and coffee, you'd no- never notice people steal it, yeah. because you only take a small amount of time. But, what brand of rice are we talking here? Is it um, Spider-Man's Uncle Rice? Yes, it is. Spider-Man's Uncle Rice. So it is a premium branded rice. Well, no, it's, it's... doing all right for a student who's buying yeah. Uncle Ben's, isn't it? Well, I, I buy it when it's on offer. It was like a pound for like... Do you get all the different flavoured varieties? I, I try and mix it up a bit. Depends what I'm feeling. Did you ever sit at home and wonder about, like, you know, the, Food. How, how the spicy rice gets to be spicy rice? Is there, <laughs> is there a slightly spicier rice than the other? Do they, like, put a chilli into the rice flan when it gets screwed? Right, I'll feed you some, some chilli powders. You'll be a spicy rice, won't you? Here's some chilli. So, you might have noticed the sound quality has changed a little Slightly improved. <laughs> Just a bit better. So, where are we? Are you um, asking me? Oh, yes. <laughs> well, considering you invited us down here, well, um, and, and I've got shouted at by three different people so yes, far. Yes, I've now been <laughs> shouted at by three different people because of a nice gesture I tried to do. Um, yes, so we've had to move studios uh, due to uh, scheduling conflicts. Yes, scheduling conflicts. Um, so we've now come to. Uh, I think I can say we've come to the Parkside, university. Yeah, you can say Parkside yeah. Media House. Yeah. In Birmingham City, Birmingham City University. Yes. Um, so we've come to one of the studios. Um, got shouted at by a receptionist because I didn't tell them 24 hours ago that you were coming, even right. though I didn't know until 24 minutes ago. Yeah, probably 24 <laughs> minutes ago. Um, and then get told um, when we get here that actually all the studios are booked oh. out for a project, so we shouldn't have actually been here, but hey, whatever. Callan, you've actually been told off by four people, because Ryan told you off on the way down here. For yeah. Oh yeah, because I ran you over. 
I'm wearing a beautiful out. pair of white khakis today. Which is, we- which is a risk, mate. It's a risk. I, it's winter. I was wearing a beautiful pair of white khakis. Now I'm wearing a beautiful pair of white and black khakis with an entire mark right across the knee. To be fair, you no offence, but you did kind of bring it on yourself by wearing white. Like, you wear white and you kind of expect it to I'm get I'm a sexy, sexy man, and white trousers make me look even sexier. I mean, but it's white trousers, mate. There's always a w- risk wearing a pair of white trousers. Well, I didn't expect somebody to rub their bicycle if it gets my leg. What if you dribble down yourself that's going to show instantly I don't dribble <laughs> it's not an issue that I seem to have did you ever think that my bicycle maybe didn't want to rub itself against your leg and that maybe that you were you reversed it yourself into me. onto my bicycle you reversed it into me I feel like I need to stand up I was sitting down on a sofa but I feel like I need to see your faces aww yeah, we need sofas in the other studios. That was quite that was yeah. nice, actually, sitting down, just chilling out. You look like Kate Winslet in Titanic. <laughs> you just stole Keith's joke that he said yes. off air. Joke thief! Hey. I thought it was worth a repeat. It was my, a very good My one. content is your content. <laughs> All joke credit goes to Keith. Anyway. It's no joke Cameron, Jane the girl Cameron. who told you off is outside again. Is she oh, waggling oh, the No, she's, like, she's walking past. I've put oh, the f- God into him. actually had me... Oh... <laughs> You're going to have to bleep that out now. You're doing the editing on this one. I am doing the editing on this one. <laughs> I thought this was going to be an easy show as well, and now it's going to have a bunch of editing. Yeah. We've it totally was... booked all of these studios with people who aren't here. It's fine, because I've got a bunch of... Well, I don't have anything to do at home, because I don't have my computer. Because I lost my computer. You're sitting there eating rice. Exactly. It's like the Dark Ages. Literally, all I've got is a mobile phone. It's just like <laughs> mobile, mobile phone, phone and rice. rice. <laughs> I've just realised as well. You sound like you're working in a Chinese factory making Funko Pops. <laughs> Hasn't hasn't Callan kind of shot himself in the foot here? Because if he's, any of his housemates are listening to this show, they now know where his rice is. <laughs> <laughs> what they're now gonna they're now rather than just going in my cupboard that anyone has access to, they're now going to pick the lock to get into my bedroom to then find the rice that's in my bedroom. Uncle Ben's finest quality rice like that. Well how, worth it. Depends how desperate for rice they are, mate. You got to be careful, mate. You got to be extra vigilant. <laughs> <laughs> like Mad Eye Moody in Harry Potter. You, you, you want to kind of tape a little bit of hair across the door, so if it's gone, you'll know somebody's been in constant vigilance. I know. After um, has anyone seen uh, Death Note, where he put the handle on the door is at an obscure angle, but that's a distraction from the fact that the bit that tips off and falls from the top of the door. What you want to do? Set up a whole kind of Home Alone thing. Yeah, like yeah. A tin of paint, like a Rube Goldberg machine. Yeah, that sounds sensible. There we go how to protect your rice at uni <coughs> sensible, <laughs> sensible advice that we put out on this programme that yeah. sounds like a film doesn't in the making how to protect your rice <laughs> genuinely starring I Liam Neeson I don't know where you movie. are but I know you've touched my rice and I will find you <laughs> I would genuinely watch that movie that movie sounds amazing and I will kill you <laughs> in this studio there's a set of rules that says no eating or drink in the studio I've broken this by eating a pack of refreshers Stuff your laws. <laughs> if they ever listen to this podcast, you realise we're never coming back. But I, I mean, like, refreshers. What what mess am I going to cause with a pack of refreshers? What's getting me is the picture that is opposite me is of a young child holding up the yeah, peace sign. that one always really disturbs me because I'm like, she's clearly not old enough to actually come to uni, so what is she doing here and why is there a framed photo of her? Well, all she's saying, Calvin, is give peace a chance. Yes. Yes. She's like a new Yoko for the generation. Peace <laughs> and love. <laughs> Anyway, shall we actually crack on with doing <laughs> We should actually get on with proper content. New yes. location, new show. There we go. Hi, I'm Corey Breverson, independent comic book writer from Magic and Myths, Clockwork Watch, and Deadlier Dan. Happy 100th episode, Geeky Brummy, and what an incredible achievement. Here's to 100 more. In honour of our episode 100, Keith, I asked you all 
including yourself, to go and find <laughs> me. <laughs> all of me. Yes, all of you. Every ounce of yes. Keith. I asked all of us to go away and find a show that we liked, which has lasted more than 100 episodes, and explain why. Keith, what did you pick? See, I didn't just pick one. I, I made notes for lots and lots. Here and then we I was go again. De- oh, but I was oh, going to wow. decide on the day which That's one I was okay, going to That's okay, because I didn't do the homework, so I'm going to have to blag it. <laughs> so, I can look through the selection of shows that I've got, and so yep. I'm going to pick one that I think nobody else is going to have. Uh, which is the 1977 to 1982 Polish-German-Austrian co-production of The Moomins, which ran for exactly 100 episodes. Did it? Yeah. Damn. Yep. Surprise. 100 episodes. I mean, it's, it's a bit of a cheat because they're only kind of like four, five, six minutes long each. Um, but each of them is an individual uh, little story. I remember and, them scaring uh, the bejesus out of me when I was a little boy. It this is why this particular version is great because it is uh, quite dark, quite melancholy. It's got light moments and bits that are quite uplifting, but in general, it's got quite an, a, a spooky uh, undertone to it all. So it's really, really, really good. What's the name of that monster they're scared of? It's something it's, it's messed up. What's the, it? Uh, the is it the Gronk? That's it. Yeah. The Gronk. Yes. The Gronk is pretty cool. Um, but the episode that I'd picked as my kind of one to watch uh, features a character that even scares the Gronk. Which is the um, the lady of the cold, and in this kind of uh, particular time of year, it's particularly pertinent because it's about um, kind of winter in Moomin Valley, and this character is the uh, kind of symbol of winter. She comes along, everything freezes, uh, and in the um, Polish version, one of the characters is a squirrel, and the squirrel's kind of like you know, I, I, I like the winter; it's cool, uh, and he ends up getting frozen to death. To death. To death. He Blimey. dies. But wow. it ends in a way, they, they build a, a, a snow horse and they freeze it. And the snow horse comes alive and the squirrel and the snow horse ride off into the land of ice to kind of live forever. Um, but it's, it's quite a dark, kind of uh, weird. But um, yeah, that's tough. <laughs> that's a sound. It's pretty cool, though. It's pretty cool. So if you haven't ever seen this version of um, the Moomins, you probably best bet is to pick it up on... Um, DVD. It's kind of across about eight discs. Uh, you get all 100 episodes. And the music's fantastic. Mm, Last agree. year, um, both me and Guy picked up the vinyl re-release of the the soundtrack to it. Um, but it's brilliant. You know, it's 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 just one of those things. I think if you saw it when it got transmitted in the UK, it's just kind of stuck in your head completely. The sound, the look. Um, we've had some kind of anime versions since, which mm-hmm. just don't quite hit that mm. um, kind of fuzzy. Uh, stop motion animation look that the, the, the that Moomin show did and um, it's just a piece of artistic genius I, I was always confused because I thought the Moomins lived in this fantasy world but it had human characters as well it was kind of because I never actually watched it properly in in uh, any kind of series order it always just struck me as a very strange and creepy kind of feeling TV yeah. show it's, it has got it has got human like characters, um, but you've got kind of all the other characters that kind of like the Hattie Fatteners and all the rest of it that kind of go around the world. But it's um, based on the books by uh, Tove Janssen, which are always worth picking up if you can find them. They're really good, and also she did some comic strip versions as well, which are really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's just one of those things. I think just the look, the feel. Um, the, the whole world is kind of really interesting and it's just one of those series that I saw I wasn't a child so I was kind of in my teens when I first saw it and it's kind of just one of those things you just go this is just five minutes of, of pure genius in a similar way to some of the kind of small films 
think Ivor the engine, Noggin yeah. Nogs, Bagpuss type things. It's one of those ones that you just, if you've seen it, it'll you'll always kind of, you just fell in love with it and you'll always remember it. Unavailable to purchase on DVD and Blu-ray. On DVD and Blu-ray. Well, I think it's only on DVD. Um, they haven't mm. done a Blu-ray version yet, but um, yeah. Just hoping. Yeah, yeah, they should. They should. They should do remaster it, and you know, give it, get us any other extra content that we can get. So, what other shows did you pick? I'd, I'd written a massive long list of. Um, this is where he picks ones. everyone else's options. Well, the problem is a lot of them are kind of um, cartoons, so they're kind of a bit tricky to kind of do. So, things like Adventure Time and Amazing World of Gumball. Has Adventure uh, Time had a hundred episodes? Yeah, um, Adventure oh, Times had two hundred and seventy-four. I didn't realize that qualified. Oh, but it's one of those. Is they kind of they run for ten, twelve minutes? Well, yeah. That's um, with that. But other ones that I particularly like that have got t- uh, over 100 episodes, Supernatural, which I think is around 270-something mm-hmm. at the moment. Yeah, the one that should have stopped at season five. I still like it. It's Sam and Dean. Um, <laughs> Stargate SG-1, which mm-hmm. I, I, I hold a, uh, a torch for. Mm-hmm. Um, Star Trek Deep Space Nine, which is kind of my favourite of the kind yeah. of modern Star Treks. The original UK Avengers, which ran for about 160 episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Twilight Zone I picked oh, as well because yeah. that's mm-hmm. pretty good and the other one that I think a lot of people kind of remember but didn't realise ran for quite so long was a show called Northern Exposure <laughs> oh yeah that was a very so weird show that Tame was. Twin Peaks it was kind of yeah it was kind of not freaky Twin Peaks but I loved it because of its kind of slightly weirdness and that ran for 110 episodes mm-hmm. um, so I think that one's well worth people finding yeah um, although because of music issues uh, apart from the first series on DVD, the rest of them have substitute music, and a lot of the um, oh. beauty of the show mm. came from the slightly eclectic music cho- choices they made, and yeah. that doesn't come through on the on the DVDs after season one, unfortunately. That's mm-hmm. Guy, so I'm going to have to do this off the cuff. Uh, I'm going to go South Park. Yeah, yeah, because it's still going strong, and it's still great, and it's still relevant, and I think a lot of people have kind of like forgotten about it now or like it was a time and a place thing like it was a crude mm. cartoon from the late 90s I think it's uh, one of, I think South Park's one of those shows that is best adapted to the times well, I think it's, like it's, it's it's a current affairs yeah it's, it's basically make it a current week. affairs satire show which they show kids over the top of basically. but what's yeah. nice but what's nice about South Park where you've got the Simpsons and Family Guy and the formula has really always been the same the family haven't really changed things haven't changed that much with South Park there's been a lot of changes so Kenny went away for a while but as came a main kid, yeah. there's, there's like characters come and go mm. into it and um, become more prominent. So, the, like as the seasons develop, okay, everything kind of styles to say is the same in the world. Yeah, but there is development. You get you get to know and love other characters. Like Randy Marsh, for example, is really mm. insignificant character to begin with, but now he's probably like the secondary most important character after Cartman, and they focus on him a lot because they've realised what they can do with him later on. And mm. I think that's what's great about South Park is they started to think okay outside of these four kids yeah. we can do stuff with this weird kid butters we can do stuff with randy marsh we can start bringing other characters to the forefront tweak tweak exactly mm. to make this show more relevant more different and you know just yeah. keep it fresh you know have different ideas going on so for me south Park's still going strong and i think to be fair i think it's more inventive than it used to be i think yeah. one of the, the great things about south park is it thumbs its nose to any kind of convention and they will do whatever they want i mean the world of warcraft episode mm. is mm. one of the most lauded episodes of television which yeah. has come from a stupid cartoon basically <laughs> the old traps in the closet episode yeah. as well and the fact they turn it around in like seven days Mm. Yeah. from from script to screen yeah they just they just churn that out and it's not detrimental it's like, to the show it's still a high quality program um and i think where, where the simpsons lost its way a lot 
Yeah. South Park does still make itself relevant and tells good stories in that 22 minutes or whatever I think it is an episode. I think the uh, format changed now to sort of like whole season arcs, mm. like loose arcs as well, well as sort of helped the show I think sort of revitalise it. And Trey keep Parker it. and Matt Stone's issue is they've tried to escape South Park so many times, yet they always get called back. They've done stuff like the Book of Mormon, they did Team America World Police, and they've tried yeah. to distance themselves out of South Park, but they seem to be constantly coming back to it and it's it's great for fart jokes let's face it yeah, yeah. Callum any show that you picked right well mine's on a technicality so I don't know I'll have to see if I'm allowed it it's Batman the animated series stroke the new Batman adventures because so they're technically one two show series because they're technically one show all the same cast picks That's up from where it left off mm, do we give it to him Keith I looked at Batman the the animated series, and mm-hmm. I could only see that it ran for eighty five episodes. Yes, so but the new Batman Adventures. New, new Batman isn't Adventure. that including the new Batman? Well, you got just no, League the... as well, or it's Batman and Superman, wasn't it? That you had for a little while. No, because Superman had his own series. Yeah. So he had the Superman the animated series. Yeah. Then we had Justice League the... Unlimited. I yes. think can't remember, but um, no, I might have been wrong. I might have just looked at um, no, Batman the Animated Series. When I looked at Batman the Animated Series, because I wanted to see if it was long enough on its own, it, it was coming up that that was eighty-five, and then I think there was another, was it forty or something episodes on the new Batman Adventures? So you're basically just using the continuity as a dodge here. Okay, explain why Batman the Animated Series, which is actually <laughs> one of my all-time favorite shows, but Thank explain you. why it's so good. Right, it has, in my opinion, the best Joker of them all. Mark Hamill. Yes. Well, Mark Hamill is the Joker. There is no other person who is the Joker. Sorry. <laughs> no one else plays the Joker. It's just Mark Hamill. No. What about Jared Leto? <laughs> Get out. <laughs> Not the film either. <laughs> um, I must be honest. Um, Kevin Conroy. Con- is it Conroy? Conroy. Conroy. Kevin Conroy. Yes. Not my favourite Batman. What? Out. He is Batman. I don't know. He's... <sighs> I feel like um, I forgot his name now. Um, if you Christian if you, Bale. Oh my god! He he not only compounded dissing no. Kevin Conroy. You've now said Christian Bale. Christian Bale is better. Christian Bale. I feel like <sighs> Christian Bale. Christian Bale has more of a range, whereas Kevin Conroy's. Kevin just, Conroy is ugh. the the atypical Batman, and he is amazing voice. And Mask of the Phantasm is still one of my favorite ever little spin-off ones that they ever did. And mm. you should go and revisit that. Um, I'm going to skip my choice because I've actually gone through and picked out a long list of stuff off the Wikipedia going from the number of episode lists. So we're just going to quickly go through a few of those. And some of the shows that we got here, and we are ignoring the Snopes. The Snopes? Snopes. Soaps. Yeah, soaps. soaps don't count. You know what? When you said to me, can't be casualty, I was fuming at you for like 24 minutes. Well, I was surprised Countdown's actually had 6,500 episodes as well. Of course it Why has. wouldn't it? It's on every day. Yeah, but... This morning, loose women. <laughs> Those kind of shows don't really count because they're not story driven. I think when we're t- when we're talking about stuff yeah. here, yeah. it needs to be yeah. a story driven story show. Driven. Yeah. You, you could go the news. Yeah. Jeremy um... Carl is story driven. <laughs> Doctors. <laughs> I want to see if you've got any that I've got in my honourable mentions. Well, I'm just going through my list because my pick would have been some anime. So we had Naruto and Naruto Shippuden, both those. Are- plus 500 episodes yeah I think I, I avoided anime because they come as standard in the plus 1000 yes. episode mm. category and there has been some amazing animes uh, One Piece so the problem is when you start looking at those shows they, they do take forever to finish and it becomes more of a task to watch them all than it is to go through them 
Uh, still going down my list. I'm trying to find where Doctor Who is. Doctor Who should be quite high because that's 840 episodes. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah. I'm if, still going counting, through the thousands at the minute. Are you counting the, oh, the original series plus the new series? Yeah, it's yeah. yeah, all of them. That goes through. Uh, Keith, any more? I've got uh, shows that I watched and I watched every episode and I enjoyed all of them. Uh, NYPD Blue, mm-hmm. which ran for 262 episodes. Uh, ER, which is still the greatest hospital <laughs> drama of all time. That was 331. Grange Hill, 601. There's a massive lot of episodes, that is. I've also got uh, two series that I absolutely loved in the kind of 80s, which was Hill Street Blues, which ran for 146 episodes, and St. Elsewhere, that ran for 137. Well, have you heard about the St. Elsewhere theory? It was the the most TV is apparently connected to St. Elsewhere, which is some boy's fever dream. (laughs) And we have Cheers and Fraser as well, which ran, ran for nearly 600 episodes between them. But if there's any shows you're interested in, tweet us in at Geeky Brummy, which ran more than 100 episodes. Let us know and we'll see if we can get around to reviewing them. Congratulations, Geeky Brummy. Happy 100th show. Top Trumps, woo. We're about to play a round of Top Trumps, woo. Specials, The Simpsons Classic Collection, Volume 1. <coughs> so I thought. I Wait, is there more than one volume? Yeah, there's hundreds and hundreds of Simpsons characters. So oh. I thought I'd pick out Simpsons as it's another show that's run over 100 episodes. And to start us off, Guy. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Callan Danes, a.k.a. Maggie Simpson. <laughs> uh, intelligence <laughs> Quotient, 120. Okay. Well, we, which way are we going? Who are we throwing it around to? Well, you're Keith next, then, Maggie. Okay. Yeah. Right. I'm going to go for Kang and Kodos. The aliens oh. with the weird little yeah. like glass tube thing and the tentacles. I love his tender voice. <laughs> yeah, what's that about? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, think, I think his balls just <laughs> dropped. <laughs> just hit puberty. Um, <laughs> I'm finally a grown boy. <laughs> Pinocchio. I will walk. Oh, Mr. Simpson, would you like fries with your beans? What's the score, Callum? 129. What? <laughs> All right, I've got terrible cards here. I've got Blinky. Who? Who? The fish. The oh, three-eyed fish. fish. Oh, okay. Do you remember the three-eyed fish that was served to Mr. Burton's for dinner? Oh, vaguely. Many, many, many <laughs> moons classic ago. Classic season one episode. Hideous nuclear mutation or evolutionary marvel. Whatever you decide, Blinky the three-eyed fish, put the Simpsons on the map. Secret shame, not as tasty as you might expect. Uh, intelligence quotient of ten. <laughs> Whoa. That's really low. I do quite like the little gold uh, yeah. embossed type. These are Top Trump's specials. Cool. I, um, so I've got uh, Santa's Little Helper. Um, <laughs> who, who is the best dog in TV? It's one of my favourite episodes of The Simpsons, that one. Yeah, yeah, it's a good episode. And his favourite treat is shredded hog snouts in jellied goo. I've never seen him eat it on the show, but there, there you go. Uh, I think he's actually smarter than this card makes out, but he's got an intelligent quotient of 61. Cool. Callum wins. I win. Yes. Kang and Kodos. I've got to defend my. Um, yeah. I can't see how you victories. win because they're useless. They they fail to invade the planet Earth on a regular basis, mostly Halloween. But they're not. How very to eat good. man? <laughs> Callum. Right. Um. I've got sideshow Bob. Kelsey Grummer. Good old Kelsey Grummer. Oh God damn it, Niles. <laughs> well, Niles actually did play his brother, oh. which was sideshow person. Sideshow. Mel, wasn't it? Was it Mel? Mel? No, it was Cyril was his brother. Cyril? Yeah. Oh. Can you recite us the HMS Pinafore, Callum? The what? <laughs> the what? Little Mayor Tom's School, are we? Callum's head just yes, exploded. Yes, yes. Don't start with the Kelsey Grammar singing. Right. Prone, prone to mayhem. 
quite high. Gotten a lot of mayhem in the show. 91. Oh, what the Beat cobblers. me again. See, I have Jasper. You <laughs> don't know from his name, but you'll know from the picture. Freezer Geezer. Old no, man. He's the old man. He's, he's the, the old freezer man. Geezer. Yeah. Uh, gruff and peevish. Jasper likes nothing better than a rough, to ride Russia over everyone at the Springfield Retirement Castle. All I can remember is him going, that's a paddling. That's a paddling. I only remember him yes. talking with... Um, his uh, claim to fame is apparently his wooden leg is made of the finest spruce. Ooh. But his prone to mayhem was 89, so he's only two points behind a convicted criminal. <laughs> what? Who scores these? Keith? So I'd quite, if I could have used Santa's little helper, that would be great. He's prone to mayhem's 93, but I've What's used it? him already. So I'm going to have to burn uh, Principal Skinner. Who <laughs> isn't Principal Skinner? Uh, he's got a secret shame of hiccups when upset. What was I was what, half expecting what, Super Nintendo Charmers. What was the um, steam clams? <laughs> what, uh, steamed hams? Or What's the name of uh, Skinner takes on? Is his original name? Is it Armin Tanzarian? Tanzarian. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's it. That's the worst episode. Uh, no, the best episode when he invites Super Nintendo Charmers over for dinner. Smoked hams. Smoked yes. hams. And he gets slow. Oh! <laughs> Do you know there's a remix? there's a very localized aurora occurring in my kitchen? And no, you can't look. If you Google smoked hams, uh, Simpsons, someone's done a thing online where they've got like the dialogue and they just keep repeating it. Every time he says smoked, ha- smoked hams, he starts it again and then it starts again. So it's just literally the clip with just the whole dialogue going over it. It just builds into this cacophony of sound and you can just hear the word smoked hams coming It annoys through. me a little that Principal Skinner has now been turned to a meme because it's, am I out of touch? No, it is they who are wrong. He's everywhere on the internet now. Yeah. And he's only got a prone to mayhem score of four. That's rubbish. That's very disappointing. He never got in mayhem though. He was always when like... he got fired from the school. He was he was he like... put on a leather jacket yes. and drove around on a motorcycle and went to the wrong side of the tracks. Yes, one episode and committed though. mayhem with Bart Simpson. I'm sorry. Compared to as we said, the convicted criminal. I think my cards represent everybody in this room because uh, I'm going to go for crazy old man. <laughs> Not naming any names. <laughs> He's within punchable distance. Yeah. <laughs> uh, prone to mayhem, eighty-two. So that's another one for me then. Yes, I'm not letting you pick. <laughs> Cheat in, yeah. Cheat in. I win every time we play this game. Keith, you can pick the final category. Okay, I'm going to pick then. I have uh, Bart's sidekick, Houseboy, otherwise known as Milton Von Housen. Big's coming up, Millhouse. Let's see. I don't know. Stop, what's radioactive man. <laughs> What what are these what are these categories? That's they're terrible. Okay, just pick a number. I am going <laughs> to pick a number, which is uh, good listener. I don't know what that means. Oh. I don't catch it, but it's only three, so I'm probably not going to win. You've done me over again. You've done one. me over. Uh, so my phone <laughs> cards are Ryan Parrish, uh, aka John Fring, <laughs> Professor John. Make you think. Um, <laughs> uh, good listener four. Oh, oh blimey, that's so high. I've got Dolph, who I think was... Dolph. Was, one of the buddies. He was uh, one, one of the bullies. Uh, oh, bullies. Okay, okay. One of the bully gang. The guy with the black emo hair. Um, and he's only got a two. See, I had what I thought was going to be a classic card, which is Mr. Teeny. Uh, A.K.A. Christy the Crown's other sidekick, uh, which was yeah. the monkey who smoked. And his secret shame was apparently he was dishonorably discharged from the space program. But he only <laughs> had a good listener of two. Did I win? Yes. Boom. Uh, Shall we have a quick flick for the other cards? Yeah, we got? recognise who they are. Carl Carlson. Yep. Yep. Fat Tony. Yep. Sherry and Terry. Who? Yep. The sisters. The twins. Oh, twins. Rod and Todd Flanders. Yep. Kent Brockman. Yep. Bleeding this is Gums Channel 9 Murphy. News. Who? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, Bleeding Gums. Patty Bouvier. Yep. 
Somebody I don't remember, Handsome Pete. Oh a, yeah, he was in a. I think thing. he was in like one episode. Artie Ziff. Yeah, no? that was the. Uh, uh, it was Marge's Marge ex-boyfriend. Part, uh, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Uh, Captain McAllister. Mm. I actually yeah. never knew his name. No. I always thought it was Bottomless Pete, as that was the name of the restaurant. <laughs> Come to Bottomless Pete's and see the monster. Herb Powell. Oh yeah. Aka Super Homer Island. Simpson with a wig. Make it. Make a car, Homer. Make a car. Chief Clancy <laughs> Wiggum. Ah. Uh, Subject is hatless. Repeat, hatless. Itchy. Yep. Homer himself. Who's yeah. not the top Trump? No. Oh. Lunch Lady Doris. Oh, yeah. Yep. Martin Prince. Yep. Most size look. Callan, you look a bit like Martin and Prince. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Dr. Julius Hibbert. Dr. Ju- <laughs> you do look a bit like Martin Prince. I can't laugh like him. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like any of you now. <laughs> They're missing Gunter. Don't make me run. I'm full of chocolate. Where's Duffman? Everybody needs Duffman. All right, there, you big bunch of beautiful nerds. It's Stacey from Stacey's Pop Culture Parlour here. Just stopping by to say a happy 100th episode to Geeky Brummy. Thank you so much for having me on in the past, and I hope I get invited on in the future for more geeky shenanigans. Here's a toast to you. I mean, you can't see it, and we also can't cheers, but I'll just, like, I don't know, make a sound effect that sounds like we definitely did a cheers. So here's to 100 episodes and potentially hundreds and thousands more. Tink! Iron Man, a.k.a. the one that started it all. Actor, millionaire and playboy, Robert Downey Jr. plays genius, billionaire and playboy, Tony Stark, owner of weapons manufacturer Stark Industries, which he inherited from his father. He's taken a jolly to war-torn Afghanistan with his friend and liaison, Lieutenant Colonel James Rhodes, to demonstrate his new phallic metaphor, the Jericho Missile. After the demonstration, the convoy is ambushed to the soundtrack of ACDC, and Stark is wounded by one of his own company's rocket-propelled grenades. Captured and imprisoned in a cave by terrorist group the Ten Rings, a fellow captive, Dr. Yinsen, digs a hole into his chest and implants an electromagnet powered by a battery to keep the shrapnel shards from the grenade from killing him. Ten Rings leader Raza, played by that guy, offers Stark freedom in exchange for building a Jericho missile for the group but Tony and Yinsen agree that Raza will not keep his word. Stark and Yinsen secretly build an arc reactor with the weapons lying around to power Stark's electromagnet and new power armour to aid in their escape. Although they keep the hid- suit hidden almost to completion, the Ten Rings discover their hostages' intentions and attack the workshop. Yinsen sacrifices himself to divert the troops away whilst the suit is completed. Stark battles his way through the cave complex to find the dying Yinsen, then burns the Ten Rings' weapons stockpile in anger, and flies away using his powered suit, crashing into the desert and destroying it. After a long walk through the desert, being rescued by Rhodes, Stark returns home, has a cheeseburger, and announces the company will no longer manufacture weapons. Obadiah Stane, aka The Dude, his father's old partner and company manager, advises Stark this may ruin Stark Industries and his father's legacy. At home, Stark builds a sleeker, more powerful version of his suit and implants Jarvis, his house AI into the suit, as well as a stronger art reactor for his chest. Personal assistant Pepper Potts places the original reactor inside a small glass showcase and puts it on Tony's desk in his workshop downstairs. Stain wants the plans for the art reactor, but Stark wants to keep his work to himself as he doesn't trust the current company. At a charity event held by Stark Industries, which Stark himself wasn't invited to, Excelsior! Reporter and former liaison of Stark, Christine 
Everhart informs him that his company weapons, including the Jericho missile, were delivered to the Ten Rings and are being used to attack Yinsen's home village of Gulmira. Stark then learns that Stain has been arms trafficking to criminals across the world and is staging a coup with his own board to replace him as Stark Industries CEO. Stark dons his new armour and flies to Afghanistan and the village of Gulmira where he saves the villagers. Whilst flying home, he reveals his secret identity to Rogue over the phone in an attempt to end an attack from two US fighter jets. The Ten Rings gather pieces of Stark's prototype suit and meet with Stain, who wipes out the group. Stain has a massive new suit built, the Ironmonger, reverse engineered from the wreckage of, of the Mark I. Seeking to trap the company's illegal shipment, Stark sends Pepper in to hack its database, but then she discovers Stain hired the Ten Rings to kill Stark in the first place, but the group grenade on the contract and instead held him hostage. Potts meets with Agent Phil Coulson of the Strategic Homeland Intervention Enforcement and Logistics Division, or SHIELD for short, to inform him of Stain's activities. Stain's secret ops team can't miniaturize the arc reactor, so instead Stain ambushes Stark at home and pulls the one from his chest. Stark manages to crawl to his original reactor to save himself and then gets into the Mark II. Potts and several SHIELD agents attempt to arrest Stain, but he attacks now in his new powered suit. Stark arrives and fights Stain, but is outmatched and crippled by the lower power reactor. The fight carries Stark and Stain to the top of the Stark Industries building, and Stark instructs Potts to overload the large arc reactor powering the building. This unleashes a massive electrical surge that causes Stain and his arm to fall into the explosion, killing him. At a press conference the next day, Stark reveals to the world he's the superhero the press has dubbed Iron Man. In our first post-movie credit scenes, S.H.I.E.L.D. director Nick Fury visits Stark at home, telling him that Iron Man is not the only superhero in the world and explaining to him that he wants to discuss the Avengers initiative. The Incredible Hulk, aka the plot for the film. We open in Virginia. General Thunderbolt Ross meets with Dr. Bruce Banner. Ed Norton, remember him? The colleague and boyfriend of his daughter Betty. Regarding an experiment that Ross claims it's meant to make humans immune to gamma radiation. The experiment part of the World War II era super soldier program that Ross hopes to recreate fails and the exposure to gamma radiation causes Banner to transform into the Hulk for a short period of time whenever his heart rate arises above 200. The Hulk destroys the lab and injures everybody inside. Banner becomes a fugitive from the US military and Ross in particular who wants to weaponize the gamma radiation to create an army of Hulk. We cut to five years later. Banner is working at a bottling factory in Brazil while searching for a cure for his condition. On the internet, he collaborates with a colleague he only knows as Mr. Blue, and he is Mr. Green. He's also learning yoga to keep his heart rate under control and has not transformed within the last five months. After Banner cuts his finger at the bottling plant, a drop of his blood falls into one of the bottles and is eventually ingested by an elderly consumer. Excelsior! In Milwaukee giving him gamma sickness. Using the bottle to track down Banner's location, Ross sends in a special forces team led by Russian-born British Royal Marine Emil Blonsky to capture him. Banner transforms and defeats Blonsky's team. After Ross explains how Banner becomes the Hulk, Blonsky agrees to be injected with a small amount of the similar serum which gives him enhanced speed, strength, agility and healing, but also begins to deform his skeleton and starts sending him crazy. Banner returns to Virginia and reunites with Betty, who is dating psychiatrist Lennon Sampson. Banner is attacked a second time by Ross and Blonsky's forces tipped off by Sampson, causing him again to transform into the Hulk. 
The ensuing battle outside the university proves to be futile for Ross's forces and they have to retreat. Though Blonsky, whose sanity is starting to falter, boldly attacks and mocks the Hulk. The Hulk cripples Blonsky and flees with Betty. After the Hulk reverts to Banner, he and Betty go on a run and Banner goes to find Mr. Blue, who urges them to meet them in New York. Mr. Blue is Dr. Samuel Stearns, who tells Banner he has developed a possible antidote to Banner's condition. After a successful test, he tells Banner that the antidote may only reverse each individual transformation. Stearns reveals he has synthesized Banner's blood samples, which Banner sent him from Brazil, into a large supply with the intention of applying its limitless potential to medicine. Fearful of the Hulk's power falling into the military's hands, Banner wishes to destroy the entire supply. Meanwhile, Blonsky, who has completely healed from his earlier battle, joins Ross's forces for a third attempt to take Banner into custody. This time they succeed, and Banner, along with Betty, are taken away in a helicopter. Blonsky stays behind and orders Stearns to inject him with Banner's blood as he covets the Hulk's power. Stearns warns this combination of the super soldier formula and Banner's blood may cause him to become an abomination, but Blonsky insists. The experiment mutates Blonsky into a creature with a size and strength surpassing that of the Hulk, but also drives him mad. He attacks Stearns, who gets some of Banner's blood into a cut in his forehead, causing him to start mutating as well. Blonsky, aka the abomination, now rampages across Harlem. Realising the Hulk is the only one who can stop Blonsky, Banner convinces Ross to release him. He jumps from the Ross's helicopter and transforms into the Hulk after hitting the ground. After a long and brutal battle, carving through Harlem, the Hulk defeats Blonsky. A small, peaceful reunion with Betty, the Hulk then flees from New York. A month later, we find Banner in British Columbia, Canada. Instead of trying to suppress his transformation, he successfully transforms in a controlled manner. In a final scene, Tony Stark approaches Ross at a local bar and informs him a team is being put together. Hi, this is Blake from the Screen Brum Show, and I'd like to wish all the guys at Geeky Brummy a very happy 100th show. We love you. Keep it up. Here comes Iron Man, punching hunks just because he can. (laughs) (laughs) And on that note, we'll begin the feature. (laughs) So you've heard my dulcet tones recapping Iron Man and The Incredible Hulk, was it? The Incredible Hulk. The Incredible Hulk was the (laughs) Richard, not Richard. It's a prior version. So yes. So the first two films both came out in two thousand and eight, even though Hulk crossed over with Iron Man two in twenty eleven, weirdly. First two Marvels out the minus Marvel Cinematic Universe stable. Should you do Iron Man first? Well, I don't know. Well, I suppose Hulk's a bit la- big lad, and he's so I've got to gear myself up, so let's start small, you know, <laughs> work ourselves up to the big feast. Yes. Oh, so yeah. Robert Downey Jr., Jean Favreau. This film was a huge gamble. Mm. Huge, huge gamble. And I don't think people remember how big of a gamble this was. Robert Downey Jr. had just come out of rehab. And Jon Favreau had never really done a superhero film or anything like that before. Iron Man wasn't actually a big Marvel character at this point in time. Was he not? He wasn't one of... It's not like your Spider-Man or your X-Men. He was probably second string would you say would be fair do you know what the way you said x-men then yeah. do you know like it, it, in my head it sounded like you said t-rex man imagine like a comic book about like <gasps> a mark league Bolan. of like mark bolan inspired superheroes that'd be amazing t-rex man wow carry on anyway yes side 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 yeah i'm trademarking that idea basically iron man wasn't the biggest character in the marvel stable i think is a fair point i think in terms of popular culture yeah, people weren't that that au fait with with who 
Iron Man was. But I think mm. people kind of knew him. Would, knew he would existed, have probably, yeah, but, but yeah. not wasn't kind of one of the core characters that people. It wasn't Captain America knew. or the Fantastic Four or any of the bigger names that Marvel had to sell off in the nineties to keep running, basically. Yeah, he was certainly not somebody that that, that people had already seen on TV, like we'd seen the yeah. Hulks and the and the yeah. Captain Americas and the Spider Mans and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I think Robert Downey Jr. was genius casting. I can't actually imagine anybody else playing Tony Stark now. No. It, it feels so weird when you watch like the um, the animated series now, yeah. and it's just like it doesn't just it doesn't uh, feel right. Well, it's just Robert Downey Jr. but in a cartoon form usually because they just stick the beard on, <laughs> and it, you can blatantly tell it's that kind of Robert Downey Jr. style yeah. is what they're trying to aim for with the wisecracking mm. uh, Tony Stark, which you didn't really get in the comics. Um, t- Tony Stark in the comics was actually a rather ruined character in the comics he was an alcoholic he'd been through quite a traumatic yeah uh arc in terms of the stories that he went through i think he was still a kind of a slightly bolshy character yeah he thought he was better than everybody else yeah but he was a billionaire which is kind of a trait of all of the kind of marvel characters that, that you get they're all slightly it's it's why they go through that hero arc yeah the fact that they have to have a fall before they return as the hero yeah um but I think Iron Man is is the film that cements the moves that Marvel made and continue to make in terms of the selection of the director, the selection of the cast, because mm-hmm. the, you just couldn't imagine anybody else doing it. No, it is it's they've they've taken the character as he appears in the comics or or the the distilled version of that yeah. comics character and made him real. Well, if you think about it, we had no massive enemy in this film really we had the ironmonger which is uh, he was a bit part in the comics as well there was no big flagship villain which we used to now in the like yeah i mean kind of in in the comics he'd got a a, a particular set of of villains that don't appear until later in the kind of marvel cinematic universe but um it's about setting up that character it's about setting up that world marvel Mm -hmm. quite clearly out of the gate were were looking at the long term the long game probably the most realistic character they could have started with it would probably been him or hawkeye or black widow or something like that somebody more grounded in reality rather than imagine that hawkeye film to start i don't think it would have worked in terms of setting up the marvel universe i don't think a black i don't think a black widow movie or a black widow movie is coming i think it's been i think it's now i think it works further down the line but not to start the marvel cinematic universe I but I think it was a brilliant way to establish that yeah. thing with mon- with the money and working mm. off a realistic kind of start. Yeah. And the, the good thing about Mar- the, the, the Marvel movies is it's funny. Mm. There are many, many moments in that Iron Man film that are funny. Mm. You know, the whole stuff with the robots in the garage and the kind of, don't spray me, don't, don't, don't. I mean, that's just genius. They, they've got the balance right. And that right. robot saves him. Yeah. But it's, 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 it's slow. I watched it the other yeah. day. It's slow. Yeah. I, I damn myself my interest dying a bit and I think that's now because we're tr- so spoiled by what the later movies are that I just found myself losing interest a little well, bit because it's really slow we're all used to the CGI fest now and stuff where you get like the Guardians of the Galaxy or Doctor Strange movies you just get visually assaulted whereas in that movie you got not much CGI if you think about it really it's mostly the suit work really yeah yeah. I mean he didn't have a bucket on his head like you did in Pound Shop Cosplay <laughs> that was a genius Pound Shop Cosplay <laughs> I, I stand by my Iron Man Mark 1 cosplay what happened to that bucket it's still in the studio somewhere <laughs> right flipping over to the big green guy the Hulk <sighs> 
Well, that was that was me snoring, not something else. Then I realised how that sounded. Then <laughs> it's weird because it's still part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe continuity. They refer back to it. They referred back to it quite a lot in the original Avenger movies. But you've got Ed Norton playing the Hulk, and now this is kind of like a slight issue because now you've got Mark Ruffalo as a Hulk. They, they don't even look the same in the CGI as well. No. They've they've completely redesigned the Hulk between the first movie and that. Yeah, but he changes every film anyway. Looks different in every film anyway. Well, the Eric Banner film is mm. no relation anyway. Shape or well, I don't know. I don't know why they just accept why they keep it in continuity. To be honest, because it doesn't. I don't think it adds anything. Well, it added Thunderbolt Ross, who we had turn up in uh, Civil War. I forgot about that. I'd Accords. completely forgotten. He's the only one that seems to have transitioned over that. We never get any mention of Abomination or Emil Blonsky. And I said Mark Ruffalo refers mm. back. I think I think there are tangential mentions yeah. to them in later Marvel movies, and I have a lot of affection for for both the Angley Hulk, which mm. I loved, although it spins off into kind of nonsense land towards the end. Yeah. And I have a lot of love for this Incredible Hulk. It's got some dramatic pace. Edward Ed Norton's really good in it. I think he's he's really good as both as Banner. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing in the performances for the Hulk really in, in either his or Mark Ruffalo's. It is a big CGI creation, although they, yeah. they kind of do the motion mm. capture. But there's a lot to like in that Hulk movie. That that drama that pushes. He's you know Bruce is trying to get away. He's trying to keep himself calm. There's a lot of nice stuff going on in that well, movie. We do get the link backs as you said. Um, we get. Thunderbolt Ross and Robert Downey Jr. at the very end in the final scene. Uh, we get the Super Soldier Serum mentioned, and that's what Ross's entire thing is from start to finish, is mm. he's trying to bring the Super Soldier program that we'll get to in Captain America, so, uh, Captain America the First Avenger back into the Marvel Universe, and it's basically tying those things together. But it does feel a bit flat now compared to the rest of them. It, it As I said, um, as you said, Guy, Iron Man feels slow. And mm. I think this feels even slower. I don't, mm, I don't agree definitely. with that. I think that the, the, the Incredible Hulk has got a good pace. The whole um, sense of Bruce being pursued through that whole movie and the stuff in the favela at the beginning uh, where he's getting chased through the streets and how Bruce is trying to deal with all of that, I think it's a great action movie. And, you know, the, the director, again, is another, he's another yeah. director who's got mm. form when it comes to doing action movies. Well, I really like the favela action scene. Um the scene at the university feels flat. Yeah, I, I think the confrontations between um, the Hulk and Blonsky and and, and other yeah. bits are the, are the worst bits. The the bits that for me are really good are the the Bruce Banner bits. You yeah. know his mm. whole conflict with this monster in his head. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think that really works. And they still kind of they still kind of have that in the later Hulk movies. But, you know, Bruce is very much a troubled character. Yeah. You know, yeah. the whole relationship with him and Natasha that builds over the course of the movies, yeah. I think gets started here. We lose Betty Ross a little bit as we move on, which is a bit of a shame. But yeah. I think in terms of establishing the Hulk as that conflicted character, uh, you know, two distinct beings yeah which mm. is, is really brought to the fore in, well, in, four in, thong, in well, yeah thor, thor ragnarok really takes that to its um, logical conclusion but I, I think it's two to two movies that kick us off and the introduction of samuel l jackson and the whole talking about the avengers initiative and phil colson and all mm. the rest of it um they still stand up i still think they stand up as yeah. as good good solid movies i think the problem with all Hulk movies is leading with the Hulk character really struggles. As you mentioned, Thor yeah. Ragnarok, that is an amazing movie because Thor's not the main character mm. in it. 
Um, the, the Hulk isn't the Hulk isn't the main yeah. character in it. He's an amazing second string character to have in it. It's like if we have a Black Widow movie, I expect Hawkeye to be in there, and Hawkeye would work really well as a second string character to support the main character. But Hulk on his own is always risky. Do because... we know are we getting the Hulk in the Black Widow movie? Because obviously they did have the whole like romance angle over the last. I don't know. Now I, I think the thing we still the, got with the transition the... of getting the Hulk back to Earth. Yeah. yeah, and we know he does because it's yeah. in the Avengers trailer. But I think what they'll have to do with the Black Widow movie is a similar thing to what they're going to do with uh, Captain Marvel, and it will take place at some point prior yeah. to yeah. the kind that, of establishment yeah. I mean, of the Avengers team. Yeah. Well, that's the whole thing with Doctor Strange movie. That Doctor Strange movie isn't actually in where it is in the cinematic run. It's yeah. actually supposed to be set before. Um, yeah. What you call it? Not Civil War. The other Winter, Winter Soldier. Soldier. Mm. Yeah, because we know Doctor Stephen Strange when he's on the helicopter, yeah. he's one of the targets. So they know before that yeah. that he's a possible. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't mind. I don't mind that the whole kind of timeline thing is a bit of a mess because it doesn't really bother me. It's like I'm not. I'm not. I'm not kind of thinking. Oh, you know, I need to time this all out. But then and everything's got to be having concurrently. I don't really yeah. care. I don't think it's so much of a mess that it's not hard to work out where everything should roughly be. Yeah. Yeah, but if I mean, if you can, if you take Iron Man and the Incredible Hulk as the start of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, mm. and then you compare that to the Man of Steel and Bat- Batman versus Superman, yeah. Marvel will are ahead of the game yeah. ten years yeah. earlier, miles ahead. And we'll be looking at a bit more Marvel next time when we look at the Thor movie and Iron Man two. Hi, I'm Josh from Fifty Studios, and just want to congratulate Dee Roy on reaching their one hundredth show. Weird news. You know what it's like. It's stuff. It's weird. And we talk about it. Thanks, news. Yes. So this is from BBC, which is found with a BBC monitoring team. Japanese train barks like a dog to prevent accidents. <laughs> what? what? Researchers in Japan have fitted a train with a speaker that barks like a dog and snorts like a deer in, a vo- in order to prevent collisions on the railway. Why couldn't it just have a normal noise? Like a normal train? Tokyo's Ashai Shimbun newspaper reports that the combination of sounds is designed to scare away, scare deer away from the tracks in a bid to reduce the number of animal deaths on the railway each year. Uh. Officials for the Railway Technical Research Institute, the RTRI, say that the three-second blast of the sound of a deer snorting attracts the animal's attention, and 20 seconds of dog barking is enough to make them take flight. <laughs> RTRI researchers said the late-night tests at times when deers congregate at, around railway tracks have resulted in the halving of deer sightings. If proven to be effective, future plans include static barking sites where the deer are commonly seen, but the noises will not be blared in areas where people live beside the tracks. I'd hope not. <laughs> so the train itself is making a noise? Yes. And So how long was the one noise? Deer snorting was three seconds. Okay, three seconds. Then what was the dog barking? 20 seconds. 20, that's 23 seconds. Yes. So I'm trying to work out the science behind this in terms How of the speed of sound <laughs> yeah. plus the speed of the train. Yes. It's like, are they going to start doing this noise from like about eight miles away? Well, they've said they're starting to do static sites where they will install speakers with dogs mm. barking and deers snorting. But that that's just... This is just crazy. What gets me is when the deer start hanging around railway tracks like, like some <laughs> naughty kids that got like a bottle of Mad Dog 2020 carry your bag. Check it out, deers. I'm going to hang around the, dirt, the, the level plane crossing. Trick, plane chicken with a train. Just like, oh, it's coming, it's coming. Jump out of the way. The, seat, the only reason I would get on board with this story is if the front of the train was made up to look like a dog as well. That would be so cool. A big What's furry the, train. Well, that would be just Hayao Miyazaki's latest film, wouldn't yeah. it? But... Uh, their little bit afterwards is licking the problem. 
Deers are attracted to railway lines because of the need for iron in their diet. They lick the rails to pick up iron filings caused by the action of wheels against tracks that's been found. The dietary leaders led to a constant battle to keep the deer separate from the unforgiving nature of tens of tons of onrushing rolling stock and previous plans involved the spraying of lion feces on the track were abandoned after the rain washed away the dung almost immediately. Another plan which earned a railway employee Japan's Good Design Award in December was for deer crossings to be policed by ultrasonic waves, which allowed animals access to the tracks when times aren't running. In trials, Yuki Hikati's idea dramatically cut deer deaths in the area. Japan's Transport Ministry said there was a record of 613 cases of train striking deer in 2016, which had delayed passengers by over 30 minutes. But the barking klaxon isn't the first time that dogs and railways have come together. In a funiculi railway in central Nara Prefecture, cars shaped as dogs and cats alongside rolling stock in the form of a piano and a cake are on the rails. Brilliant. And there's a picture of the doggy drain. Oh, that's cool. Eee, he looks like a carpenter, Madonna. Looks like something out of banana splits. <laughs> yes. So that, I think I might move to Japan and come up with crazy ideas to get the yes. like a train with really big cushions on the front. <laughs> <laughs> the funicular rail and Kinetsu Ikoma cable line. If you want to go and play in the doggy train, eee. I do really want to play on the doggy train. That looks <laughs> tremendous fun. <laughs> I just hope all the announcements are recorded just like in Barks and Wines. <laughs> <laughs> Rubbish. <laughs> it's not like it would make any difference because you can't understand anybody that makes that announcement in a train station anyway. Yes. But we, we know what Japanese railway is like for punctuality, so this has got to be a case well, yeah. of we want to shave those extra seconds off by making sure there's no deer strikes on the train. But how do you explain away in Britain that, that all our trains are late? <laughs> True. Oh, it's the wrong kind of, it's the wrong kind of leaves. Yes. All, our tra- <laughs> all our trains are going to make rustly noises to scare away the leaves what the I don't understand is that when carriages just disappear randomly from your train when it's usually a six carriage train and a three carriage train turns mm. up those carriages have to be somewhere it's not like you can just detach them and they just evaporate or reinstall maybe it was a gang of really organised deer at another double crossing the ones at the front slow the train down stop the train and then the rest of the deer get on the back uncouple it, nick it and they're it's off like, it's like the, another... it's like the scene from um, Breaking Bad, but with deers. Yeah, with deers. I just yeah. like having an image of that gif now, where you got the picture of the. Is it from Adventure Time? I think or one of the cartoons where the deer takes his hooves off and he's got fingers underneath. Yes. I think they're. I think they're a bunch of sneaky, <laughs> sneaky b-s, those deer, those deer. Maybe they yeah. get the female deer out. You know, yes. the flash of the white tail, while all the other ones around the corner with their antlers. You know, they could use those to uncouple <laughs> things. Maybe but, that's the problem. Maybe they can't get on the trains themselves because the antlers prevent them getting into the door. So that's why they like hang around and try and stop the train so they can jump on the back. Maybe we've Annie... we secretly stumbled on a conspiracy here. Yes. Maybe it's... Annie and Clarabel needed a break. I just want to chill out. Is this going to be like the um, Rick and Morty, you... the Rick and Morty thing with the squirrels? Could you? Where imagine... they secretly realise the squirrels are up to no good and then they get attacked by uh, all the squirrels. I think you're onto something there. I think it's a whole conspiracy about all the woodland animals. Yes. You know, like the animals are farthing wood. Yes. The deer are in collusion with the badgers. The badgers and the foxes are in collusion with everybody else. It's like this. It's like in South Park with the woodland critters. Yeah. Yeah. They're, yes. all in co- they're all in cahoots. Yes. They're all out to get us. But literally, we're going to come out of the studio like today, an and they'll, they'll all be gathered round, yeah. ready to attack us. And I'll tell like, you who's in charge. It's going to be like that scene in The Birds. Well, I'll tell you who's in charge. Where they all just like, start to gather behind people. Yeah, because oh. you know who's in charge of all of these woodland creatures. What's up? The squirrels. <laughs> the squirrels are, the, uh, squirrels are behind it all. They're all watching us. You know what it is? It's the red squirrels. 
because they've all they've all they've all gone into the background now. The grey squirrels are their, their little captains out in the wild, <laughs> but the red squirrels are actually in some lair somewhere, secretly masterminding. No, this. but we lo- the red squirrels are lovely. It's the grey squirrels. No, it was no, always the grey squirrels. No, the red squirrels just look lovely. We all know they're evil. Squirrel the, Nutkins is your perfect example. It's the grey the grey squirrels are just Beatrix, painting themselves red. Beatrix Potter was onto something. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Fair she was onto James Corden eventually being Peter Rabbit. Why, <laughs> right, it's rubbish. Guy, you've got a gripe. What's got a gripe? Got a gripe with you. What? No, I don't like your jib. Oh. <laughs> After a hundred weeks of being together. Yeah, what's rubbish? Brian <laughs> <Yeah>. Parrish. <laughs> what? Oh, God. That guy. Oh, I don't know about you, Keith, but you know. I remember a Mr. Pete Steele telling us about how you were rubbish one week. Yeah, I know, yeah. Oh. We'll about, we'll about that. <laughs> Well, it's rubbish. So, like, when the news has to report about snow, mm. and then they go and interview people who've been affected by snow or travel <laughs> as well. It's the same thing every year. I couldn't get to where I needed to go because there was white stuff falling out of the sky and it's affecting me. And it's, I need to talk about it on the news. It's winter. Why is winter weather news? Exactly. It's kind of like, this is what you're going to say. Oh, I couldn't get my car out of my drive. Why have you gone to interview him? Most people can't get their cars out of drive. It's just like pointless, like pointless people talking about the fact that snow has affected. Them. It's kind of like it's not just affected you; it's affected everybody. You oh know, my my, fa- my favorite one was um, we were watching the news and they were talking about in Scotland and the snow that was uh, last week in Scotland, which is quite deep. Which was quite deep, yes. But, but people, still snow people in were told on. people were told there was snow and told not to go out driving. So the very next day, people went out driving. They got stuck in the snow. They talked to the people that were stuck in the snow. It's like, well, why did you go out driving? You were told not it's to. It's basically like the people you'd see on Charlie Brooker's screen wipe is the people they'd interview. Yeah. It's people who probably haven't got more than three brain cells to rub together in a certain <laughs> kind of stage of, yeah, I need to get to work. It's like, well... When there's two foot of snow outside, you're I'm not assuming your workplace to. is probably going to be deserted anyway. Yeah. And if you do arrive, you're going to be one of the three people there. And you're just going to look smug like, oh yeah, well, I come into work. Exactly. <laughs> so pe- people being interviewed about weather conditions. I don't yes. care what, what, what your opinion about the weather conditions are. Just weather. Weather already has its own section. You don't need to bring the actual main weather, main news section no, into exactly. the weather. There's exactly. already a bit about weather. I think it's just like when there's so little news, it's like, oh well, snow. How can we have so little news when Donald Trump's in office? Mm. I'm sure there's something I, per I'm... day that he gets up to. Which would oh, you not get bored? Just his Twitter every day, just a whole section dedicated to his Twitter. Well, he's president of the biggest country in the world. I know, but it doesn't it doesn't change that much. I take great pride in. I reported and blocked him on Twitter. <laughs> I, I blocked him and then reported him for harassment and abuse. I think there's an account called Unfollow Trump, which basically just retweets his Trumps, uh, Trump tweets if you want to keep up to date, but doesn't give him the pleasure of being one of his followers. That yeah. sounds brilliant because I, I like to see what he's posting, but I also don't want to. Yeah, I think it's yeah. called Unfollow Trump, and there's also one for Mike Pence, which is Unfollow VP. Yeah. I think I do it to a lot of British politicians as well, to be honest. Uh, like oh, like Bojo Bridge, just 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 uh, re- just report them and block them. It's when like, uh, when will Boris Johnson get it into his head? He's not going to have a giant construction project. This is my white rubbish, Boris Johnson. Oh, blimey! <laughs> right, 
First, we had the ridiculousness of the Garden Bridge in London, which they spent millions, What's millions the of Garden pounds. Bridge? It was a bridge they were spending millions of pounds on, which was supposed to be a bridge across the Thames, but it was supposed to be like a garden bridge, so it had like grass and things growing on it. That went in the bin after they spent millions of pounds on that. He wasted a fortune of money on this Thames Estuary Airport idea, which went down mm. like a sack of spanners. And the latest one he's come up with, let's build a bridge to France. Why? Why do we need a bridge to France? We've already got a train tunnel. There's also the other pretty effective and means of transport we've been using to get to Europe for a good few hundred years. Boats. Boats. Yeah, boats. Yeah. Also, Planes. I, also, I'm not the be- other thing is, he's one of the most. He was one of the leaders of the Leave campaign for That's Brexit. That's what I was just about so to say. So he wants us to leave Europe, but he wants to build us a bridge between Europe and Britain in the first place. Why do we want... But, like, I'd get it if he was one of those people that were like, oh, yeah, we should stay in the EU. Then, fair enough. Yeah, we're connecting it. We're making it easier. Everyone else in Europe can just drive to each other anyway. Yeah. But, like... Uh, but you know. can you can do something like where that. you drive, you put your car on a train, yeah. the train moves, and then you take your car off the train. Or you put it onto a ferry. Yeah. The ferry drives. And then you take your car off the ferry. Or you don't even take the car. Yeah. You just go rent a car in another country. They all that, have I think them. that was just very silly. I think yes. that's a, a... Yeah. I don't see the point of that. Idiocy. Idiocy. Right. Keith. Keith. Um, because I've kind of had the uh, misfortune, or fortune, depending how you like to take it, of watching episodes of Babylon 5 on Pick TV. Um <laughs> Reformatting old shows for modern tellies. Oh, but putting four by three into sixty by nine. Yeah, and so everybody has the world's widest head. <laughs> yeah, and they chop off the top and the sides. And yeah. some, I think, some shows do it by taking the original print and expanding it, so you see yeah. the guy who's doing the sound, or you just get it blown up. Yeah, and um, I've noticed on a few episodes of, of Babylon Five, one episode will look like it's been shown on like VHS and it's all fuzzy and it looks like it's really blurry and then one will be okay because it might have been a remastered version at some point later on um, but just show it in its original format I don't There's need to nothing wrong um, with 4 by 3 yeah. all you got is two black bars down the side of the TV which you're not going to notice anyway because most yeah. TVs are black so it blends in it's Hate 4x3. It's, I don't understand. I mean, most well, people. Sorry, TV... Callan, we had to live in a 4x3 world. Yeah, he doesn't even know what that was like. I don't know. I, I honestly don't know how you watch stuff in 4x3. Just because just, like ugliest... when you came out of your mother, you saw the world in widescreen. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it basically, just think of it as Instagram telly. Yeah. I don't, but like that—that's another thing. It's also my rights rubbish. But in, watching videos on Instagram, why is it in a stupid format? It looks, oh, looks terrible. I don't know. You don't know, don't get me started on Instagram. Uh, or another white Instagram. People who film in portrait mode on their phones. For God's sake, I hate that. That that's where capital punishment oh. should be returned. No, see, <laughs> I had a I had a white rubbish, but I'm actually going to change it now yeah. because you mentioned that. Um, is I've noticed there is now a trend, uh, clearly aimed at my generation, uh, but like the idiots Dang of my generation. Um, Vertical music videos for people that watch fo- that, who watch videos on their mobiles. So like, so that when you hold your screen normal ways, you don't get any bars. But who watches vertical video? It's the stupidest thing. Oh yeah, I can see the point in that. Yeah, yeah, stupid. Yeah, I agree. So to recap, guy. Um, people talking about weather conditions on the news, like like they've got the answer to the problem. Mine was Boris Johnson. Keith? Reformatting old TV shows for people's ridiculously large tellies. <laughs> and Callan? Vertical video and anyone who films in vertical and can't learn to turn it on the side. There is a technical term for that. It's called portrait mode. 
No, it's called idiocy. <laughs> <laughs> landscape or portrait? Everybody, oh. Landscape mode. It's because everybody's so Your vain. eyes aren't on top of each other and your face. Landscape yeah. mode. <laughs> I just want you to see me and me only. None of these people to the side. Just me. Just look at me. That reminds me of somebody. <laughs> oh, I don't know who that could be. I do not know. <laughs> anyway, if you also want to vent at us or tell us why something rubbish, drop us an email at hello at geekybrewing.com or on Twitter, on the Facebooks and stuff. If you're listening to us on our podcasts, yes. uh, we would like you all to uh, subscribe, but drop us a review and drop us a review of any star rating. Give us the star rating that you deserve. We don't mind. One give us star the one that star. they deserve. One star. I don't mind. No, if don't give us the rating they deserve. Give us the rating we deserve. Yes, we deserve. Yeah. So but it's one to five, but because we've got we've we've got a bunch of stuff stashed away in the old geeky brummy prize drawer, and we'd love to give it away to somebody. So if, to think of some some reason, we'll just pick a random person who drops drops us a review on iTunes, and in a couple of weeks' time, we'll just pick somebody out at random. But give not, them a bunch of stuff. But not you, Dave Price. <laughs> I know but, you're listening. But please don't forget to like, subscribe, and share, and tell all your friends. Because it, it, it's nice to get feedback. Mm. And we do the live show on Brum Radio, which you can hear every Saturday at noon. You can always catch our mix cloud usually the following day from 1pm, where you can listen back with all the beautiful music that we put in. But Is we, it beautiful? Beautiful. Like the chorus. Beautiful. Is it? We pick some great music. We pick, well, I think we pick some good good, good tunes. So next week I might pick some by Robin Gristle. <laughs> <laughs> I, I liked my music choices this week. I picked Ocean Colour Scene this week. Come on, you got to say that's a banger or a tune. It's a tune, but it's a bit cheesy. For Steve Craddock. Like, I went to an Ocean Colour Scene. I went to a Steve Craddock gig. Yes. And I... Um, Did he just play Ocean Colour Scene? I, well, I, me, me and my friend kept heckling him going, play Traveller's Tune, play Traveller's <laughs> Tune. And eventually he just stopped. And he was like, I didn't even write it. <laughs> And then he just carried on, and we were like, oh, all right, Steve, calm down. When you said Steve Craddock, for a few moments there, all I could see was Steve Cram. And I was thinking, why are you going to watch a runner? All I can think of now is Steve McFadden. You've said Steve so many times. And I've just we weren't going to Steve mention McFadden. him this week. Uh, Steve We've got so far in. So far. Yep. Yeah, but we, we we do we do want want some feedback. We want to know yeah. what you like, what you don't like, what you want to hear more of, what you want to hear less of, and just kind of tell us what's what's. Um, they want more Stephen Fadden. What's they do? Yeah. They just want more Fadden. No, we guys said to Ryan, I'm pitching a new idea for 2018. Tony from Hollyoaks watch. <laughs> no, no more so what. <laughs> so watch just as its own show. Yeah, but we've done 100 episodes now. We think we're doing fun stuff, but we'd love for people to tell us what more they want to hear from us but you're begging it now you're begging it yeah <laughs> you're trying begging too it, hard you're begging it yeah win a big sack please like us win <laughs> a big sack full of stuff from Geeky Rummy by doing reviews on iTunes and we'll probably announce the winner at the end of February yeah plenty yeah. of time for you to write get, something get just sack just even, just even the stars don't even write can something. we enter no <laughs> <laughs> why you get like hi my name is Dallin Haynes and I really like Dallin Hello. Haynes and I really like your show I'm a fetus and I really like this show <laughs> I particularly like that young man's voice <laughs> he's rather nice that guy is a very nasty man he always <laughs> is to take the noise that is true if in the feedback if you want to say that basically I'm an a-hole I'm not a nice person I won't be insulted by it I actually take it as a compliment so I'm happy if you tell me I'm a nice person or lovely then I'll be upset by that but if you say I'm just genuinely a sadistic horrible human being they're genuinely that is, that's music to my ears that's what I I'll want have to go to on there and comment and just feel like <laughs> under the fetus account you're too, way too nice maybe if there's a really really good review 
we can instead of a bunch of prizes, we can send you round to have tea and scones with them Ooh. for tea. Oh, you might even take an instant celebrity dog with them. Uh, maybe Maxi, Maxi he, he might be appearing on TV soon as well no he got denied what he's been denied from being a cartoon network character. they're not focusing on the dogs they're focusing on the cats only oh, no. shocking uh, and here I thought we had an actual celebrity deal appearing know, yeah. Keith where can we find you online you can find me on Twitter at hardluck underscore hotel and then pretty much everywhere else Instagram and whatnot without the underscore so just at hardluck hotel Guy uh, at vinyl Guy H on Instagram and mixcloud.com slash curiosity crate. There's finally a new episode out there to number listen five. to. Number five and number six will be coming soon. And you can also hear Guy on Captain Kate's Final Frontier, which is on Brum Radio's Friday 7 till 9. And also at Vinyl Frontier UK on Twitter. Oh. Hello. Where can we find you? You can out Being shouted out by uh, <laughs> fellow being, university being told students. told off by literally everybody. <laughs> Uh, no, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram, uh, D-O-I-N-E-S Radio, uh, with one's got an underscore, one hasn't got an underscore, so can't remember which is which, can't bother to look it up. Or just look at our search, profiles and find him Search there. for the one who looks a little bit like Benedict, Benedict Cumberbatch Or Martin Twitter. Prince. <laughs> and you can find me... Not in the Brim Radio studio. <laughs> online at Ryan Parish which is my personal Twitter account. But you can find us all at Geeky Brummy on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Callan, I might actually give you a Snapchat account for this. Hey. I'd actually like that. That'd be fun. Yes. Geeky Brummy Snapchat. Yep. Uh, we're looking at setting up a Discord group, so keep your ears pinned for that one. And don't forget, you can find our YouTube channel, which we've got some really good fun stuff where you can find online at that. So just give, go to YouTube, search for Geeky Brummy, and see some of our past stuff. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back soon for episode 101. Can you do the John Barnes rap to end the show? You, oh, I know you want gosh. to, and I did challenge you to this. Like, this is, this is I don't want to hear you do it. I really want to hear you do it. You're going to fade it all out? No, I want to hear you. On the, on you want to hear whole, me do it? Yeah, let's do it. You're going to give me a lead in? Uh, the world's in motion. Da, 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 football. <laughs> You've got to hold and give, but do it at the right time. You can be slow or fast, but always get to the line. They'll try to hit you and hurt you. Defend and attack. There's only one way to beat them. Get round the back. Because I'm an ink. Oh, no. <laughs> Catch me if you can, because I'm an England man. And what you're looking at is the master plan. We ain't no hooligans. Three lions aren't. No, I've done it wrong again. <laughs> I ain't We ain't no hooligans. This ain't no football song. Three lions on my chest. I know we can't go wrong. We're playing for England. England. <laughs> We're playing. I, I think that Did song is that? worthy of a prize. Keith um, Allen's just been popped up behind us. I think that song's worthy of a prize. And it was actually somebody's birthday as well. What? Whose? Yours. When? This month. This month. Sometime in the, in the what's it? Okay, so I've got I've got a um as a card. Keith, what color? What color? What color is that? Blue. It's green. It's a green card. <laughs> That's green. You, you guys are you guys are messing around. Yeah, color blind. What color is that guy? It's blue. <laughs> How can you be color blind if you can see what color it is? Stop! Stop doubting my disability. Oh, that's cool. That's Superman with his pants on. Proper <laughs> pants, which is good. Space for great radio. Yeah, he's yeah. just reading the card. I'm just reading them. I can. You can kind of tell who's older and younger by the the handwriting. Yeah. Oh, which is quite good. <laughs> Callan's been practicing. He's almost. He's almost got it on the same line. It's got. 
It's he's pretty, still he's holding, pretty good. He's still holding it in his fist. That's yeah. <laughs> I, do quite, I do quite like the fact that the use of Crayola there. That's quite nice. And then I've got a, I've got a, a, um, a, a meticulously wrapped guy hasn't done this. No, Viv. Um, I can't wrap a, for anything. Um, some Marvel wrapping paper, which has got um, Tony Stark with only a moustache. Yes. No, no uh, beard. Captain Get it America. open, man. You're like the, the, the person at Christmas who takes ages to unwrap their presents. Just he just wants, open. He wants to save the paper. I'm, yeah, I'm going to save the paper. I've ruined it on the one corner, though. He's reading that on the way home. Well, he's got a long bus journey ahead of him, so... Yeah, <laughs> yeah too long. In the snow. In the snow. Oh, in the God. The soggy seats. Is it pee or is it snow? Oh! <laughs> <laughs> The only way you're going to find out is by sniffing your hand up. Right, oh! oh! right, before we wrap Whoa! up this podcast, didn't you have a story about pee on the bus as well, which you didn't actually talk to us about? No, it was poop on the bus. Oh, oh. Can you share oh that my days. We you... got stuck on the bus on the way home because we went shopping at TK Maxx for a few bits of his favourite stall in the known universe. And we got stuck on the bus and the bus had a very curious smell upstairs. And somebody went from the front of the bus to the back of the bus. <laughs> the smell got significantly stronger and then the person returned to the front of the bus and sat down uh, and all we could theorise was that somebody had uh, filled their pants filled their pants uh, and awesome. tried to clean themselves up on the back of the bus uh, no. I'm going to have to take it out of his wrapping was it I've, ju- I've, just opened, I've just opened this up and it's yes. rather spectacular and you've been hanging on to this for a bit of a I have been of hanging on to this wall. Uh, this is pretty cool. Friend I, I we've got our of... friend, of, I commissioned our friend of the show, Mr. Ian Richardson, I'll have to, to I'll do have a little bit of drawing for you. Yeah, I can't, I'm not going to get it out of there, but um, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a fantastic illustration of, uh, well, at least one of the 2080 player, uh, characters that I could um, cosplay as. It's Sinister Dexter. Yes. Uh, which is pretty right. awesome. And it looks fantastic. He looks like you. He does a bit. But, I, but that was when I had my hair longer. Well, that so, we, we, we basically... I, Showed in the picture of you from, I think it was the train spotting poster. Ah, um, right, we, cool. He's done it from that. Yes. That's pretty sweet. I will have to say thank you to yourself and Viv and all the other members of the Geeky Grummy team. Yes. That's pretty cool. That's going to go on the wall. Cool. Uh, fantastic. Well, thanks for listening and back soon. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to this Brum Radio podcast. If you'd like to join our listener supporters, please join us at patreon.com forward slash Brum Radio.